Good morning. Welcome to the show. <laughs> it's Kristen been live in St. Louis from Midcoast Studio. Check out midcoast.media for more information. Uh, boy, this uh, this is a fun start to the show. We've got Travis Terrell on the upside down <laughs> in New York. Uh, we'll get that picture is that me? worked out. <laughs> Either that, I think people stormed uh, your apartment rather than Area 51, man. What's going on? So it's weird because the video that shows me is right side up, but apparently the display is frozen and me sideways. Yeah, you look like a bad. <laughs> you look. You look like a bad world star. Let me see if I can. <laughs> let me see if I can refresh this. It does look like a bad world star video. Good guy, you're right. Hold on. Uh, uh, you, you guys talk amongst yourselves. Get, oh, look at the you. magazines in the lobby and grab some coffee. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to Dr. Terrell's office. Uh, joining me in studio, the stream queen, the executive producer, Chris Gardner. Hello, Chris. Did we get the buzzing worked out? Uh, we'll see. Chris, is that better? Did, oh that my! Yeah. Wow, yeah. there he is. Um, Gard, yeah. Gardner's already uh, enjoying his time with me this morning. Travis, there was a buzzing. And then uh, it would go away. And just the mere fact that I inquired of how it went away, Gardner now looking down on me like I'm a junior college dropout who just mm -hmm. spoke to somebody with their doctorate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sounds about right. Does it feel good being this smarmy this early? Um, yes. Good morning, <laughs> gentlemen and St. Louis. Hilarious. My brother in Brooklyn. My Brooklyn brother. Can we say Brooklyn Brother? I like the alliteration. Brooklyn Brother like would be well. a good clothing brand. Brooklyn Brother. Is that, a, is that a TV show? Brooklyn Brother. No. Maybe not. But good morning, Walter. No, because... Oh, yeah. yeah, throw them up. Gardner, Travis, everybody. On today's show, we'll do some Make It Racist. Travis, uh, Sam Lyons, comedian, filled in for you last week. Did it admirably. You chastised us for going to a lighter-skinned black man, black man to find... Make it racist uh, topics today. You'll storm back into the picture. Uh, speaking of making it racist, Nathan Orton joins us in the second hour. It'll be a good one-on-one. -on -one. We recorded that and had some fun with Nathan. Going to be a blast, so you guys check that out. Uh, a lot of good insight in that conversation. Travis, uh, how was, this to me is number one on my list. You had a big night last night or began a big week. You spoke to some important folks. I saw a great Instagram photo of you outside the Sesame Street writer's room. You've been in Brooklyn for three months nearly. Uh, man, it hasn't been long enough, I'll say that. You've been in Brooklyn, what you've been hell? working hard. Mm -hmm. What the hell, how did it go last night? Was there anything of note and uh, how many coffees did you refill? You know, one thing I learned last night is that uh, I am my generation Scorsese. And that's a, there's a lot of pressure that comes along with that. Hmm. And to be in a room of people who look to me for future entertainment, for ways to educate the children of tomorrow. It was a lot, a lot, most people, maybe a regular man would have crumbled under such great pressure. Uh, but not only did I rise to the occasion, Chris, uh, I think I made it very clear that I should probably be executive VP of creative development at Disney. I should probably be uh, a head writer for one of the 45 original Netflix shows. I think the fact that um, that I, I've done the Adam Carolla show, uh, I've done a live show with him, 
Um, good friends with David Allen Greer. Mm. Um, Joe Rogan often speaks highly of me on his program, even though I don't care for his podcast. You know, that all culminated last night in people recognizing me for the great talent that I am. So I was just honored that they were honored to be in my presence. You were honored that they were honored that they were in your presence. Okay, so do we have any results of these uh, meetings from last night, or is this? Uh, did you notice I leaned Chris. in and, and had a look of concern <laughs> on my face? Did you? That that's acting, oh. my friend. Oh, Chris, you are such a Midwestern bumpkin. <laughs> that's not how Hollywood meetings work. You just don't give people yeah, your business cards and then in voila. Yeah, typically those are <laughs> those are done somewhere around Hollywood Boulevard or. Maybe even out in Studio City somewhere in the valley. So sad. But, so sad. Look at no. you people. You guys are so, you're like analogs. This is a digital world. You guys, Hollywood is where you are. It's not where it is. And the fact that you think it's in, it's a location uh, a just lets me know it. that you guys. Yeah, there's a giant sign. And then there's a, it's not a, I mean, we're not really. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. When you said Scorsese, you were the third generation Scorsese. I immediately went to all your drops <laughs> to decide which one I thought would embody that most, and I got paralyzed and couldn't hit any one of them because I was like, ah, I'm having an overload. Hmm. <laughs> so I settled on the Welch. Oh, the Welch. No. But I'm like, hey, no. I can't decide which one to play. I, I had paralysis from that statement. Well done. No, it was a fun evening. It was um, it was pretty. It was um, it was uh, like speed dating for screenwriters. Um, it was uh, you had a bunch of studios who were present, uh, which was very cool. Like uh, people came out to obviously support anything that Sesame Street puts on, uh, but the children's media community here in New York came out, so that was really cool. Oh, and we yeah we had a. A lot of people from Nickelodeon, of course, Netflix, uh, a couple, a couple of uh, studios you guys may not be familiar with, but they're, you're familiar with their work, like uh, Dora the Explorer and Daniel's Neighborhood. For those who have kids or small nieces and nephews, they're probably very familiar with a lot of the programming some of these studios produce. So it was, um, it was truly a lot of fun. It was great to meet a lot of cool people, like-minded people, a lot of creatives. And you kind of get an idea as to how these things work. Like uh, some studios sent a contingent. Uh, so they sent head writers and executive producers. And they also sent, you know, executive assistants. Um, they are also, you know, the gatekeepers, if you will, in this world. So, you know, it's always good to be on good terms with the executive assistants and people who work closely with head writers and vice presidents of creative development. So it was a really neat experience. It was very new for me uh, to be able to network in that fashion. Um, was this a Marvel? But night? It, a Marvel was not able to make it. A couple of the California companies were unable to make it. But it's um, the ones but what the cool thing is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, they, snooty, they saw snooty West Coastians. They saw Travis's script and then they just said, no, not feeling yeah, it. like the bigger studios. I was just like, and and technically, Disney has uh, offices literally down the street from Sesame Street. So, um, so everyone that was within basically a you know twenty mile radius of Sesame Street sent a contingent, and that was pretty cool. But 
it was new for me. I've, I've never been in those type of settings before where you had to network uh, in that in that fashion and pitch your ideas and pitch your stories and pitch who you are. And that's kind of the 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 balance. Um, telling people about the projects that you're working on, but mainly introducing yourself to a community. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, there, I think I I think there, I did all right. I bet you did, and I'm I'm sure you did fine. I do have a question. Are there like critics, uh, like there are for Rotten Tomatoes for like children's shows, like people that specialize in cutting down child actors or performers? <laughs> no, but there, there is would, a there is why a. Why does that uh, sound like the best sketch I've ever thought of in my life? <laughs> <laughs> I and I, um, I I I picture that we do have Tommy the intern available to play a smarmy. Um, all, could be indistinguishable from the children he's I cutting you were going to say child actor. Yeah, he, he could play that, but it, it, he would have to play the role of a failed child actor that's barely out of the game, and he specializes in cutting down people that are now in the position that he uh, he was in. I, I think I, I want to run with that. I, there is it. Um, there is this organization, very reputable. Uh, the website uh, escapes me, but they do intensely critique children's media uh, because uh, for those who have had kids or who have small children, um, nothing is more of a saving grace than children's television. Mm -hmm. And so uh, parents, uh, naturally, when they're watching these shows with their kids, they have critiques. And so they submit their critiques to these organizations. And this one organization basically gathers all the information together and puts out a report weekly on the new shows that are designated for children. Uh, so it's like, it is an honest critique of the show. It's a critique of the content, if it's suitable for what audience, is it something that the parents would also enjoy? So yeah, there is a world of children's media television critics who are, they're allowed to be brutally honest because it's children, you know? So. They can't take into account. Well, <laughs> I was. I don't know why. Very you had observant to call, of you, Chris. I don't. I don't know why you had to call <laughs> little Bobby an asshole. But uh, <laughs> okay, if you're gonna make the point. But no, it's it's just a way for parents to communicate with other parents about what they think of shows and 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 in the children's media game um, that carries a lot of weight. Um, you know, parents are going to sit their kids down to watch your show. <laughs> your show probably isn't going to exist. So you have to cater to an audience of two, the parent and the child. And writing, trying to do that, especially for a younger audience. I don't know if you guys have ever uh, tried to come up. If you've ever had to try to entertain a two-year-old. But um, it's not an exact science. <laughs> there too. So uh, imagine writing an entire animated series. Uh, centered around two and four-year-olds and then not only make it entertaining for them but make it make sense for the parents now, so it's uh it's a, it's a real challenge what's your perfect uh age bracket if this is the is this what you're going for uh, and we'll just knock out uh like is there a specific group of kids that you think you're best suited to write for at this time or is the opportunity just presenting itself well, do you what? Why? Why is that so? Well, I narrowed down the demographic to high six-year-olds. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was laughing. Drug, the first, the first thing that, that popped is, in my head was drug, high six-year-olds for some reason. Drug altered. Gardner. 
Drug altered first graders. Great. Gardner, that is my dream demographic. In fact, I think that's every. We'll get there every someday. Dream demographic. Yeah, that's we the only people there. that understand my humor anyway. Kids, um, kids home from surgery, high on pain medication. Yes, that's exactly who it is. If you've had, yeah, if you've been doped up after being at the dentist for three hours, then I'm the kind of writer you should hire. You know those, um, you know those children that get uh, that get videoed on put on YouTube and when they're still on the on the funny gas. Yeah. they those need to the watch people. Travis's stuff. Yes, exactly. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm the person who thinks it's funny to tell people it's the end of the world when they're coming out of a, a coma induced state. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's humorous. No, I, I um what was the question? Oh, what the age. Sorry. Uh the age. Uh, no, we, we answered 12. that. Moving uh, on. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, uh yeah. My uh pilot was uh episodic for nine to twelve year olds, animated. And um it's because it's at the the kids are at that age are more inquisitive. Uh, their humor is a little bit more mature. Uh, it's obviously not adult or even young adult humor, uh, but kids at that point, they tend to get a little bit more of your jokes. They get more of a concept of story and character arcs. So that's what I centered my pilot around nine to 12 year olds. I think there is a, a, a fun challenge though, an opportunity to write for a younger audience and I would like to take that opportunity uh, if it ever presents itself. I, I just think that it's very challenging. Like there are real life conditions that are placed upon children's writers when they're creating some of this content. And uh, you have 11 minutes, you know, you have to write a 15 page script uh, that's entertaining to two and four year olds. And, you know, does it cross too many lines? You know, you, you can have a villain, but it can't be too bad. Like you can have, colors but you can't have them too bright like there's just some weird conditions to creating children's television that you never think about and i would love the opportunity to be able to create a project around that because it is so challenging i i would think that they're and i don't know if this is niche or not maybe it is but like i niche 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 okay um, let's, let's make a thing of that where we correct people, but it's always wrong. Always wrong. But be really confident. We, when we probably do, do that already without Travis, knowing it. Travis does it <laughs> at, at four facts. Um, but even here in the dot, four years running strong. <laughs> in the dot Zach building, they have um, a, a theater group that does mm-hmm. plays, musicals, and and children are the actors, and they have different age levels. And I can't remember the name of the group, but I've talked to the guy who kind of puts the sets together in that. But they have so like. Do you hurt the children when you're smoking as they walk in? No. You blow I usually go around the side of the building. Okay, sorry. Then I catch yeah. the moms and like, you yeah. need to teach your kid how to smoke. Makes sense. Um, nice. But um, nice. so they do it like in different age groups. It progresses. They do like four or five of them and it starts younger and then gets older with their musicals throughout the summer. But one of the first shows they do always has sensory sensitivity involved with it so they mm-hmm. redo how they would normally do it and scale it back in a way so i i've, I've wondered as, as listening to you talk if there's going to be if there is that genre of having to put together a show for television but with also sensory involved for kids sensory sensitivity it, actually I, I tell you i tell you what it so much goes into it you I, you are i will say at least we're seeing in children's media networks take more risk in the sense that it's not the 
it's not completely cookie cutter. Like there are studios who are willing to go uh, certain directions with storylines that haven't been done traditionally in the past. And one cool thing is that uh, when it comes to children's media, uh, comedians and people with comedic backgrounds are in high demand. Uh, and so that was kind of a cool thing last night to be able to have a few of the studios who, who saw my background and my resume and my bio come up to me uh, uh, talking about punching up scripts for more jokes or uh, punching up storylines to add a little bit more humor. So that was kind of a cool aspect. I was the quote unquote long comedian of the fellowship, fellowship. so uh, a lot of folks came up to me last night about punching up scripts to make them funny and uh, just and then uh, how, my how they could get a hold of, of me after hearing some of my early on uh, target practice jokes. Was that, was that oh, weird man. for you? I, I, I stole so many of Jamie Crock's jokes uh, and passed them <laughs> off as my own. Oh man. oh, man. Did he make a mistake? Oh, oh I boy, love Jamie Crock. Oh, uh, did he make a mistake? No, to your point, think about it. Uh, Harlan Williams is one of my uh, favorites. He's a Canadian goofball dude who's been a comic for forever. Very well respected. He's had, he's even had his own movies that he's done. And then he, like the his main source of income right now, I would guess, is a cartoon on Nickelodeon, right? It's like Paw Patrol or something, or there's some. It's mm-hmm. something to do with dogs. Harlan Williams does that. Uh, remember, we talked to Hal Sparks. He's uh, into children's uh, media things like that. So yeah, that's great to hear that that's paying off um, to at least have that background, Travis, and that people are using you for. Uh, potentially uh, more and things it's a, it's a lot about. of fun what's it's really cool like i, I did have uh and this isn't really me attempting to name drop but it was just a really it was a fun conversation because as i was talking to this person i immediately was thinking of gardner and how that's your name these drop? two individuals would be well here's <laughs> worst, the thing Ken scarborough, ever. <laughs> Ken scarborough is the uh, head writer of sesame street and has been for quite some time and he is like his personality is a person who's the head writer of Sesame Street. Uh, it's it's very out there. It's very, you know, off the wall. And is he like a Spike Jones but character. He, but it's a kind of, so to speak, it's it's a little bit like that. But he has these. He has you know the various backgrounds in in you know uh, comedy theater and SNL. He's worked at SNL. Like so, you see a lot of these writers who are in children's media. They uh, have a lot of uh, comedic background or they've done stand up. So it, it seems to be that uh, just based on the conversations I had with him, um, did he say he was going to make a Muppet with dreads? Maybe. Mm. Um, did I encourage him to introduce a woke Muppet at some point uh, before the 2020 election? He heard me out. Um, send so that, Send that woke puppet back to where it was made. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun last night and um uh yeah i i uh i think if there is a interaction that i thought went well it was with the fine folks over at nickelodeon they were very generous with their time and uh, they were actually very inquisitive about the work that we were doing so um yeah met some really great people and it's uh, it was like our introduction to the industry and we'll see where it goes from there that's exciting. Uh, I do want to uh, throw out a, uh, a website name here in just a second. I'll say thanks to Gateway Powder Coating. Local company from Travis's hometown of St. Louis, Missouri. He'll never forget Gateway Powder Coating. 
fast, durable, affordable. You guys have patio furniture. Maybe you want to get a smoker touched up before football season so you can grill, so you can have people over to uh, enjoy your backyard. Make sure you use Gateway Powder Coating, fast, durable, affordable, gatewaypowdercoat.com for more information on why they are the number one resource for powder coating in the Midwest. Travis Black Sheep says we should uh, come up with a website, Rotten Cherry Tomatoes for Children's <laughs> Reviews. <laughs> I like that. That's actually pretty funny. I do as well. We need to, I like uh, that, actually. We should make the Black Sheep our uh, Tommy's assistant intern, don't you think? Oh. For the behind-the-scenes oh. jokes. I like Sweet that. Jesus, help <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we need. Uh, sounds like it was super productive. That's amazing. Uh, I do know we have some Make It Racist, and we're going to talk to Nathan Orton for the entirety of the uh, second part of the show. Travis, you feel like making anything racist? Yeah, there's nothing in the news that I can certainly work on. So, yeah, let's make it racist. Okay, good, good. Oh, we're going there now. Mm. Well, yeah, that'll happen. Okay. Uh, All right. The, uh, the game... Let's just ignore the rundown. ...is make it racist. Oh, are we, are we sticking to it? Okay. <laughs> Get him, Gardner. Get his Gardner. ass. Get his Gardner. ass. This is what happens. Gardner. Never mind. No, oh, no, I'm done. Oh, here comes a fit. What, <laughs> do, you, what do you got for us? I like... No, there we go. Make it racist. What do you got Travis for us? Travis introduced him, make Gardner. it racist. It's time for... Make it. Right. You don't have to do all that. Racist. I'm addressing the white elephant in the room. I'm breaking down the barriers of race by assimilation. I wouldn't mind to have black neighbors. That is racist as hell. It's raining little white women. My prayers have been answered. Black women have the nicest asses. If that ain't the whitest thing a white man has ever whited in his life. You do not have to say African American. Just say black. Oh, well, in that case, you know what word I miss? Colored. Oh. Oh. Don't let the liberal media tell you how to think and feel. If you have hate in your heart, let it out. I'm racist as hell. <laughs> That's It's the show or segment that highlights Chris's people. It's make it racist. Wait a damn minute. I don't think so, pal. Travis, since you're gonna do that, you cannot make damn CM, it. you cannot make CMT racist. If you're gonna you know what? I'm gonna put it I'm gonna put it on you. You're gonna come after Caucasians? Come after CMT. Good luck. Hmm. Uh Everybody knows that real country began in East St. Louis. And not at any point does CMT acknowledge that. Why is that? I know why. Because they're racist as hell. That is racist as hell! Moving on. <laughs> I got one. I mean, think about how black country music really is. It really is black. Because you're talking about, like, infidelity and taking the dog and... Alcohol. Drinking. Mm -hmm. Using a formula to create number one hits. Funky hats. <laughs> Bolo ties. I, 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 I'll accept this, Travis. Hmm. Yeah. Don Cheadle with Boogie Nights. He, he, mm. Yeah, Buck Swope. He got it. <laughs> What's yours, Gardner? I want to use um, emojis. Emojis. I want to ask if they're racist. Um, What's up, girl? The one I'm showing on the screen, the uh, winking kissy face emoji. I'm not sure how to feel about this because maybe my mom just doesn't know how to oh, use no. emojis. No. My mom sent me this emoji no, last no. night. No, no, no. And um, uh -huh. I don't 
You're not much for physical touch? Well, it's just, I don't, I thought this was more of a, you know. Like a, ooh, like a Pepe Le Pew to the cat. Like a relationship type okay. emoji gotcha. or something along those lines. So I wasn't, I, I thought maybe she was wrong. Or maybe I'm wrong. I just don't know. But emojis in general, Travis, make it racist. Have you noticed that when you go to the human emojis that the default is always white? That is racist as hell! Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> you can't one-pitch home run that. Come on! Those things provide us joy. Every time, default. It's just like, why? Like, I was trying. To, I was trying to remember the timeline, Travis, because... Oh, no, what happened? I, he's oh, so upset I about shot. the emojis. Uh, I'm, Travis, I was trying to remember yesterday as I was looking at the emojis. I was like, wait a damn minute. Did they have the alien face before they made black skin? Mm. You know what? I think so. That was part of, uh, you I know think what? you're right. And this is a Japanese company, and far be it from the Japanese to hold any, any racial thoughts about others. So, it is so weird. Like, here's I, one thing I will say about Andrew Yang. And he's a fascinating candidate. Oh, here we go. But you're, it, you're gonna, it, no, here they go, I, I, eating their own, Gardner. Here we go. go no, I, no, 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 I'm saying he, he ain't betting. He, 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 he's, uh, no, I find him to be fascinating because he's brought up these points before and how I, I think when we think of technology, we think of it being obviously naturally objective, but then we forget the people who are responsible for developing the technology. And we remember, oh, yeah. Silicon Valley is 91% white, and then you get the understanding as to why it's always the default setting on the icon when you make emojis. So, yeah, emojis. Racist as hell. There you have it. Uh, Travis, Anyone I don't else? think you could possibly make Cadillacs racist. There's no chance. Wow, Cadillacs have been a part of my family, my community for years. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's because uh, uh, back in, I don't know if you guys know the story, back in the 60s, uh, Leroy Cadillac. Love him. Um, he doesn't get a lot of credit. Him and uh, his brother, Ford Fusion, uh, they started a company back in the 60s uh, where they would create these big boat cars because black women have fat asses. Oh. So they needed a vehicle for that fat ass to go into. No, man, and so when you got a bunch of women, when you got a, when you got a bunch of, you got a bunch of fine black women, uh -huh. like a, you got a group of them, you need a vehicle to transport that ass. And so that's why Leroy and Ford, they got together to create the Cadillac. Uh, and then, uh, again, a lot of people don't know this story. Uh, a young investor by the name of Donald Trump came along, kidnapped them, deported them to Mexico, and took over the Cadillac brand. So, vis-a-vis, -vis, it's racist as hell. That is racist as hell! How about that? I had not heard mm, that people story don't, before. Yeah, young uh, investor. Like, like people don't, it's kind of like a, a surprise. It's a part of his book that no one talks about. Garner, I, I rarely chastise you, but how do you not do the... Uh, Black women have the nicest asses drop there. Oh, I'm I didn't even think I'm of it. I'm upset with you. I, I'm genuine. Wow. Yeah, stop doing drops as much. That's true. You got a lot going on yeah, back yeah, there. Stuff going. Yeah. <laughs> 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 if he presses a if he presses a button, 
seven cameras explode <laughs> and the stream is no more. So we'll cut him some slack on an audio drop miss yeah. once in a while. Yeah, it, it, I'll I'll take directly. You kind of have to hit me towards it more now. I know, and I'm try. I'm not very good at that. I'm very. Uh, I'm a drunken rhino when it comes. No, but to I a, I see when you do so, you do something with your head is what you and do. Then, and I'll like, ask it. I'll what? ask a shitty question. Like, yeah. I mean, what would uh, an audio version of me say on your computer? <laughs> not subtle whatsoever. Uh, Travis, jogging in the park. There's no way you can make it racist. Everybody can do it. Now, when was the last time you saw a brother in Tower Grove jogging at night? Never. Now, why are you going to sit there and lie like that? Exactly. <laughs> it's racist as hell. <laughs> That's my case. That is racist as hell! <laughs> I'm thinking about it right now and I'm just like, no, seriously, I've seen black people jog everywhere but Tower Grove Park. What is that? What's up with that? I don't know. And whenever I, uh, I have thoughts and uh, I'm not going to explore them. Uh, <laughs> I, there's too many traps for you to set for me and I, I'm not comfortable yeah. being myself. Go so, on. Uh, I got one for you, Travis. And I'm okay basically setting you up for this one but there's a group of uh, young democratic congresswomen that go by the name the oh squad boy. and they've been recently called this a dc movie communists mm -hmm. um, anti-semites mm -hmm. and, and that seems to be a label that some seem appropriate uh, so the squad, make the squad racist. Travis. Oh, you know what? Act like a stream pros. <laughs> they are he's turning American heroes, and they are the furthest thing from racist. In fact, they are racist proof. The squad is never racist as hell. Do you have a drop for that? Occasionally, Thanks. occasionally problematic. That is racist as hell. <laughs> so they're problematic, sort of. Oh, okay. Um, Net, that's I, the best I, don't I can if, do for them. I don't know if he meant to, but Matt Rocchio made a, a comment, said something about Nextdoor being the Nextdoor app. Are you familiar with that, Travis? What's that? It's basically where neighbors will keep each other informed of things, and uh, it may get infiltrated by <gasps> by uh, stay-at-home folks who don't have much to do during the day and then maybe things get amplified it's uh it's like a more concentrated version of social media where neighbors can stay in touch uh i'm sure you cannot make that racist whatsoever everybody can sign up for an app oh absolutely like nothing like taking facebook and making it more inappropriate by being able to snitch in your neighbors no, this is, sounds like a brilliant idea, uh, and by no means, uh, I would imagine, will be used to call out any brown or black people in these predominantly white neighborhoods. Good. I'm Good. almost certain that You're this would be so. I don't think this Good. is yet. This app, no way, could be racist as hell. How could I ever charge an app for doing something like that? That is racist as hell! You picked up on his sarcasm font. Weird. <laughs> All right, final one. Uh, it's near and dear to my heart. The two-handed chest pass in basketball. No, it's mm. it's uh, solid. There are many folks of many colors that play the game, and that's one of the first things they learn, and it leads to many, many great things for all races. 
You know, honestly, I think you're you're on to something. It's going to be difficult for me to make a chess pass racist because without passes from mediocre white athletes, uh, the superior black athletes wouldn't be able to take the ball and do all the hard work. So, yes, I actually do appreciate all the very non-athletic, uh, privileged white kids whose parents went out and bought them $200 sneakers just so they can pretend to have black friends. And the only thing that they were able to pick up after four summer camps is the chess pass. So thank you, inferior white athlete, oh. for making sure us superior blacks have an opportunity to dunk and sleep with your women. Oh, no. I'm here just to root on the black people. Travis is racist as hell. <laughs> that is racist as hell. That's been Make It Racist, another uh, eye-opening segment from Travis. Uh, Tom Brown letting you know Dan Marley for life. Oh, I love Thunder Dan. Thunder so Dan. He is the And he head still coach. has that Arizona suntan. Have you ever seen have you seen him recently? No, but he's the head coach at Grand Canyon State University or one yeah. of those or something. I mean he's still down I'll, there. Remember when I was briefly living in Scottsdale and uh Dan Marley is the he is the epitome of a Arizona white male. Like he's living his life. Uh, at the time when I was living out there, he had something young on deck all the time. And he was like, I don't know, he was, who's the St. Louis equivalent of the athlete that's in all the commercials? That's what Dan Marley was to Arizona. Yeah, he was just like, if it was a car dealership, if it was uh, a, a festival opening, they called Dan Marley every freaking time. Mm. So, uh, yeah. He's, I don't try, who's, who's the St. Louis version of that? There's somebody, maybe he's like, he's like the Bernie Federko, if you will, of Arizona. Okay. Yeah. I'll you know how that. Bernie's in every commercial, like, and he's just the face of a lot of products out of St. Louis. Like, that's what Dan Marley was to Scottsdale and Phoenix. That's not a bad life. No, it's not. No, it's like... not at all. No, not at all. That's, and for those who haven't been out to Arizona, it's, yeah, I think if you are <laughs> if you are rich and you are your kids are out of the house, I don't know why you wouldn't move there. I, I found uh, it to be delightful. Streets were clean. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's of, right. That's of, when you abandoned me for your little comedy organization podcast of, show without me. A lot of people looked like me and took good care of me. Good place for a Cocktober? Cocktoberfest? Oh, Phoenix? Ooh. Downtown downtown Phoenix. See, downtown Phoenix is where I was, and it was delightful, but I believe Scottsdale is where you go. Yeah. They, they've even cocked it up where they have, like, a, like, they've made it super nice, but then it's come full circle where they even have, like, a hipster row for the people oh. to act like they're hipsters again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's this whole <laughs> like cycle. Hipster? Right. Oh yeah, God. yeah, yeah. Or it's, uh, it's the... Uh, it's the neighborhood version of an American apparel or something, right? I was trying to think the other day. Oh, absolutely. Of how to kick Our Urban Outfitters. That's the store I'm thinking of, right? That we should try and find a way to put on a Cocktoberfest uh, event to kick it off. Now, Travis has to Travis has to run it because it could get <laughs> people could take us real serious like the, it'll be oh, like a you know what? like where the we we've, we've finally launched White Entertainment Channel, right? So you still you know need what? Travis like, in a suit. Wayne Brady and I picture. could do it. I that that would be funny, and it would absolutely go viral. I I'm just trying to think about 
how Clay Travis can try to destroy me by doing this. So if I can figure that, if I can just figure out my way around that, then I definitely think we should do it because I think it's one of those things that obviously we would do it to make fun. And then the dude bros across the country would naturally jump into my Twitter feed and call me whatever they call AOC every other day. But so I need it, to figure out a way to make it. Yeah, I can, but I definitely think I'll be down for that. Do we do it to be silly or do we go full in I, I, and do friend of the show like Wheeler Walker Jr.? He's a Jewish dude who writes for James Corden, yeah. and he's got this character that uh, people not, earnestly go see when I'm it's not, obviously a joke. Yeah, I'm not looking to make a, a dramatic impact on anyone. Right. <laughs> I just wanted to get together. No, no, and, no. You know, maybe no. give away a free trip to Destin. No. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's no. it. No, this has got to be huge. I think there's a way. That's not what I had in huge mind. I shouldn't have said a damn this word. This is a big deal. This is going to be seminal. It's going to be life-changing. All right, I'm creating my own event then. I just wanted to go eat. Hot dogs with someone. It might. I was going to say, might I feel like this is just Garber's way of getting a picnic table at Forest Park. Yes, yeah, it is. True. It's exactly right. it. I wanted right. it to be in Forest Park. This that's is, all I wanted. Okay. Here's, and here's, now it's turned into some social thing. God damn it. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. This is exactly. I wanted some fellowship. This is exactly like the time. We mentioned Yacht Rock for five seconds on the radio show, and that turned into a, a little mixer at Off Broadway. Yeah. And that—that's the, the those. That's the spirit well, we in which need, we drive. I this. just want to get a pavilion and, and grill at Forest Park, and find a travel agency to give away a trip to Destin. Mm. Would that be we'll awesome? We'll look into that. Yeah, certainly. That's all. In the meantime, we can potato look. salad with raisins for it's everyone. It's okay. never been a thing. Oh boy, never we'll been be a here. Thing. It has been. And then you know what we'll do? We're going to take grounders. We're going to do infield (laughs) practice. (laughs) We're going to go off the list of things. We're going to create a list of things to do to celebrate October. We do a pickup basketball game. Somebody dunks and everybody goes, no, no. no." But no, it's like five passes before you shoot. Five passes before you shoot. Ball better touch the postman's hand before before anybody shoots. So like we create a list. All fouls are called. Yes. All yeah, you call all the files, and you <laughs> and then charges. you have granny free throws. Yeah. You got to shoot granny style free throws. <laughs> okay. Any any black person after more than one dribble, they call traveling. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no hot, but they say they Gardner, They gotta say no hot dogging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you just dribble between your legs? Yeah, you That's go behind foul. the back. Yeah. Travel. Don't care. Carry. You carried. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just take off from the free throw line? That's a that's a double walk. Yeah, uh, there could be a list of events to do to celebrate the you know launch of Cocktoberfest. Mm-hmm. I think we're it would be hosted have... by Joe Rogan, of course. Okay, you can have i you know IPAs, <laughs> whatever your oh, trendy craft beer is for the time. Okay, now just, we're talking. It could be just a little event in the with just listeners of Wall. It doesn't have to be an entire citywide event. No, it's got to be nationwide. Ah, because then people want to talk to you. Oh, okay, that's true. Got to limit your group of friends. At what? <laughs> at what point? People, people are. Whew. At what point do we move you to the side of a mountain? Like where? I mean, are you a mountain guy? Are you gonna have a beach shack? Where will you? Where will you hermit out the end of your days? I well, need if know. I'm gonna be a hermit, I've already said I'd like to go to like San Diego. Okay. But they've got a problem uh, not there homeless. already. Not homeless. No, I was thinking homeless. Okay. 
I no, I of, there's at least once a week where I think meetings. about okay, when I'm homeless, uh-huh. how am I going to handle this? Okay, do I stick around town and become that guy, mm-hmm. or do I like I could probably become king of the hobos within Forest Park? Um, well, we've well, talked about it on this show a lot, and I think Chris, you've mentioned it because you've had conversations with Ian and a few others out in LA. Uh, but yeah, twelve percent rise in homelessness in los angeles and southern california mm-hmm. i think they said about close to forty-six thousand people added to the the homeless rolls over the last year in california which is just absolutely staggering um so the beach it looks like people are taking your approach gardener it seems like people are See, moving to southern california to live on the streets and that's my question like and i, and I I don't know if this is how they, how they had a typhus not. outbreak, but but I actually it's a legit yeah. question from me because and the, San Diego, if I were homeless and going to San Diego is not it's not something new that I've thought of. This is something I've thought of in the past. So my question is, with that rise in population, and this is a legit question I have, is it right. simply people within that region or is like San Diego a destination place for the homeless? Like people will travel. I think it's a combination of both. Okay. I think you're right. I think there is probably a combination of both. I think there are people who probably relocated out to San Diego and um, either got in over their head financially and found themselves stuck, or um, yeah, there are homeless and then maybe, men, maybe that's women part who maybe live in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, and they just maybe travel out to the California says, coast. If I'm going to take a risk, I'm going to take a risk in San Diego, and if it all yes. goes to shit, oh well. I'm in San Diego. Like maybe the, the yeah, climate yeah. and the habitat there lend itself to more risk taking as well. I mean, I if don't you know. think about it, I mean, even not even attempting to try to bring humor out of it, but I mean, if you're at that point in your life where you're just like, look, man, things ain't been going my way. Money ain't right. Mm-hmm. At least I can do 11 months of sunshine. Like, at least I can have the beach. At least I can have the ocean. And I mean, of course, you go to these type of cities and you go to parts of California and New York and, you know, Florida. I mean, there are generally job opportunities, you know, even, you know, obviously minimum wage kind. So maybe 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 homeless people just are like us ultimately and that we just want a little sun every day. Some are very comfortable in that life. My friend Ron was homeless for a number of years. Mentally ill. And look no. at Chris. Look at Chris. No, he had that no. mustache. A mustache makes him look homeless. All right, mister. Your jealousy knows no bounds. But Ron, Ron didn't really have an apartment until he, like, right before he passed away. Computer Ron. But, like, he would stay on my couch sometimes and, you know, he'd stay on the Computer Ron. Yeah. And my. But he, that, I mean, that's what, that's what he ended up just being. And he had a lot of friends, so we all helped take care of him. That's nice. That's community will uh, solve that a lot of yeah. times. But uh, in my experience living downtown in St. Louis, and at the time the uh, right Larry Rice Center was up and running, that was um, it was really tough to see being around uh, folks like that every day. They clearly had uh, mental health issues uh, and not and need and that made yeah. me kind of aware to well, well boy, you, we need to dedicate some resources. Well, and that and part of it is like do mental health and it's probably it's obviously a combination but do mental health issues lead to homelessness or do is becoming homeless and the strain that oh, it, it takes on you mentally for sure you know add to that create you know mentally it's i i can't i mean it's 
you're outside of what societal norms are and what in, sure. in a society. And how well, is that going to make someone feel? More injuries, more just hard living. You're exposed to other people. Then I would watch as I'm like walking my dog in the park and there's the line for sandwiches or whatever it is. Then you watch the people step up to go sell those people drugs or do trades and that mm-hmm. stuff. And you're just like, what a yeah. tough, tough environment. And it's, uh, it's rough to see, man. Uh, I think, and I think that's what makes, um, I, well, and I think that's what kind of makes uh, today's, uh, the way we discuss, you know, policy and politics and issues. I think that's what makes it more frustrating because, you know, we are having these, you know, these frivolous fights that don't necessarily move the needle or directly affect people's everyday life. And you would love to see them exercise that energy towards what Chris just highlighted you know, mental health issues of the homeless, and even to what Gardner alluded to, uh, the root cause to that, um, and how people get to that point in their lives. And I think that's, I can think that's why I sometimes, you know, I do go on my rants, and I get a little bit angry when it comes to politicians, because we see it every day. We know there are a lot of people out here struggling mightily, and they could definitely, they're not necessarily looking for a handout, but damn it, they sure could use a a little bit of a helping hand. Well, and politically and speaking, there's poor. a lot of people that yeah. just have a simple-minded way of approaching problems, yes. and it's very frustrating. Yes. Like when you have especially crime, something like and, that. crime yeah, and public definitely. safety as an issue, if you're mm-hmm. automatically just, yeah, we need to get more cops, that's not going to fix the problem. It right, might help right. in a small way to begin with, Sure, but that isn't going to fix the problem. Not and all wait, of wait, them, wait, anyway, if but, you have this thing festering. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's that's not going to do shit. I mean, it, it right. doesn't make any fucking sense to try anything. Like, if, if that's your answer to things, especially locally, then you've already failed us. You failed us. Because and, you, and I not, think, and I think you th- have to be able to dig to, you have to have layered thinking. You have to be able to dig into the root of problems. And that includes healthcare, that includes socioeconomics and things like that of where things begin. And if you can't do that, th- then you're doing us no right. favors. Then you're not making and government that, work. We want government And not only that, and for people to also, to Gardner's point, hold these officials accountable. Look, it's great that they talk about the brand new uh, reopening of Union Station and the aquarium and the, you know, the carnival style atmosphere that they're attempting to create downtown. And we're, we're all for things like the MLS and the, the arena renovations at Enterprise. Uh, at the same time, I think we need to be able to also call out these civic leaders who only speak to those issues and ignore what Chris pointed out. And Chris was living downtown on Washington Avenue for a few years, so he saw it every day. So I can imagine those residents still see it to this day now that the Larry Rice building is closed. And so I find it troubling when politicians can find time to etch out a statement about, you know, the Blues Parade or, you know, the the money that came in through the Stanley Cup. That's fine. But can you also exert that same amount of energy to a serious issue that is it puts pressure on police officers. It puts pressures on our education system. It puts pressures on a lot of things that ultimately end up costing us anyway. So I would also love people to direct some of that energy towards that because, yeah, to Chris's point, it's tough to see. It's and it's and it's people who it look. Feels fixable, I, I think to, it feels fixable. I'm not saying it would be easy well, that, or anything, but, but it's like you can do that. Like if we can send people in to completely overthrow a government and do all that stuff, you could yeah. you could put together. It's happened a number of times. You can te- <laughs> correct. You could put together a team or a task force in urban areas or large concentration of population areas to uh, to solve this directly and to come up with better results. Because if you're just going to, but even to one final terrible point. results. 
Exactly. And even to one final point to what Gardner was saying is it's, I, I think we've just, it, there's, there's just so much more uh, that we could do that we just are choosing not to in the people's mindset. Look, a lot of Americans, I think if I understood the survey correctly, over 55% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. So when you talk about perspective, a lot of people aren't too far removed from those people that Chris saw every morning outside of Larry Rice. Yeah. Like, I don't think people realize how Why do you close think I prepare myself a lot of Americans are. Exactly. <laughs> are a lot of, I legitimately are, have to think mil- about that. There are millions of Americans that are, are two, pay, two missed paychecks away from being those people that we see on the corner outside the highway, yeah. outside of Larry Rice. So I think I'm two missed paychecks away from going to becoming Cash Evans, and then you don't you don't hear from me anymore. That's what happens. Has every we've talked about this a million times, but I've talked about this with my brother. I think has every male at some point in their life like, and you don't think about it logically. Are you just like, well, here's what I'd do. I'd have a tent, and then I'd uh, shower at a YMCA once in a while, and Mm -hmm. it's almost this weird thing in us that we're like i'm gonna go it's almost our own we're always playing our own version of into the wild in our own heads and i don't know if that's inherently men or what but i swear to god every dude i've ever met has some kind of weird thing like that where you're like but Look. it's like it's not a logical thing it's just like it would literally be oh, like see, an why episode is it not logical though because it's be- not because you're prepared <laughs> it's not it's, all you're doing is preparing yourself for the worst because if you had the ability to know that you could sneak into a ymca to snag a shower you can find a way to call somebody for help or something i don't know i i don't mm, think that it's I, uh, I think when dystopia hits you've already prepared yourself <laughs> but then i the, mean once a week point, yeah. once a week i think about the big earthquake that's going to hit in the st louis area and throughout the region Boy, and what i would do that was if i survived super depressing as uh the uh the owner of by jack and uh, co-owner of midcoast media the great john Beebe, was curious why someone would make an earthquake th- statement about missouri he was like these idiots and i was like oh you don't know no, no. i was like oh no he doesn't wait. have a park to go to and like he hasn't <laughs> we thought about that through. i was like man in third grade i'm gonna sit down with him in third grade they let us out of school and we're just like good luck yeah because <laughs> if it is it 93 you need to be with your family yeah I was early in, december yes they were literally like i've been browning somebody somebody said something about the fault line and they were just like you know what Cut you loose, kids, because uh, school ain't stay- surviving if you make it through this. So at least be you with your family. Think those bridges are gonna hold? <laughs> think that they're doing they're doing construction on the Poplar Street Bridge every three months? You think the Poplar's gonna hold? The, gov- oh. the government threw their hands up and we're like, eh, good luck. Yeah, it's just preparing yourself for the worst. That's how I, at least that's what I tell myself mm-hmm. to make myself feel better about the way I think. Uh, I we're left- trying to address some of that currently, though, so we'll see how that all <laughs> I goes. Left a, I left a link in the comments. Uh, good time to remind everyone about St. Louis oh. Counseling Services. Uh, they are here to help. Some of the issues we just brought up, they can help with counseling, whether it's through school partnership programs, employee assistance programs, or you can even listen and, uh, and, and take what you will from Mental Health Matters, their podcast, where they address these issues on a weekly basis. Uh, love working with St. Louis Counseling Services. Love the professional counselors that they have for you to speak to, to reach out to. You can look up their locations, all their programs online at stlouiscounseling.com. Org, say hello to Tom Duff uh, if you uh, if you do reach out. They're great people, and they'll take good care of you at St. Louis Counseling Services. We love working with them. Uh, we've got a conversation with Nathan Orton coming up next hour. Before we close out, Gardner, did we have some results to get to? 
Uh, I believe maybe we had a melee, or was there one from the other day, or did yeah, I look at we that had wrong? A, we had a melee yesterday. Yeah. Uh, involving this right there. Oh, boy. Viking funerals. Mm, 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 mm. A big controversy brewing here in the state of Missouri where the governor, Mike Parson, the Bolivar bullshitter, uh, has decided not to allow Viking funerals in the state of Missouri. So we put a poll question up asking, should Viking funerals be legal in Missouri? Your final results. 16%. Oh, hell no. Nah. Mm. 84%. Mm-hmm. That's a yes. 84% yes, Viking funerals should be legal in Missouri. Wow. Travis, are you on board with this, or were you an all hell no? I think I was on board. I think I voted yes. I think I wanted Viking funerals um, because I just think I would love for the new market that opens up for archers. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's a new profession. You're thinking. That, that, that's definitely good. Um, real quick, we uh, had a great show yesterday discussing that uh, Earth's final season may be upon us. It kind of feels like God has just said, you know, I have other projects and uh, let's just wrap this up and uh, the thing will fly off with the... Mm, never mind. Uh, Travis, are we still on board with uh, this being Earth's final season? Is it playing out the way you'd hoped? I, I think... I, yeah, I tell you what, they are certainly raising the stakes for the final few episodes. Uh, you, you talk about, look, they reintroduced, look, reintroducing the alien uh, storyline, I have to admit, I didn't see coming for 2019, but I like that new twist. I like that they apparently brought some new writers in, maybe from the X-Files, to mm -hmm. add a little science fiction to the narrative. Um, and I like that they are not being subtle with some of the main characters. Like, you know, for a long time, people were dancing around. Is he racist? Is he not racist? For Donald Trump to finally step into his own and become the racist character we thought he was the entire time, uh, that was the development that I it's think a is going to carry question. strongly. See, it's going to carry strong into season eight. I, I'm also curious to see if, if Chris and Tommy, if that becomes a thing, like, will they or won't they? They're like the new Ross and Rachel. Uh, will Chris and Tommy become a thing? Are they are they still on a break? Um, how is that going to manifest itself? And I have to say, I think what the costume department has done with Gardner and the ponytail, I look. I can I am just going to see a lot of men in their forties around America taking on that look here in season eight. Uh, and as for uh, the 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 Negro actor uh, Travis. Um, Can I call you? I don't. That? I don't know how that's going to end up. I don't know how that's going to end up. Um, to be honest with you, I'm surprised he's still alive. I didn't expect this character to last this long. What's up um, with the celibacy you know, storyline? Like, why isn't the brother getting laid? <laughs> you, you know, a lot of times um, those characters are used as sex symbols, oh, and no. I like the writer's approach of they're talking about his feelings. They're talking about you know if he wants to start a family. So I like that that new part that they've added to Travis. Very mature. I like that character. He's, he's certainly grown on me. Huh. Not on anyone else, though. I wanted to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and perfect. Uh... <laughs> um, I wanted to uh, mention a birthday from yesterday that I forgot to because I didn't realize it. But uh, happy 80th birthday. Yesterday, 
to former Cardinal player, current Cardinals radio announcer, Mike Shannon. You're not going to give him his Mizzou credit? Oh, great. Meh. Meh. 80 years old. What Shannonisms do you have on deck for us? They're going to tell you about a b job. Oh, Just no. that one is the oh, one I really no. wanted to play. <laughs> I, it, it, whatever. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. Gardner, in the history of him being, at what point did he become the character? Because I guess it, he it, was always that. Was he? Because yeah. even as a young man, whenever he was man. second banana. Yeah. Interesting. That's yeah. so interesting to me because it's easy to think of him as just like our old lovable uncle, grandpa, whatever. But at one point, this is a red-blooded, He's a weird dude. In, insane, uh, crazy athlete who started in two sports at Mizzou. Like, that's so interesting to me that he's just kind of always been that guy. And you know he had to be. Fan running on the field tonight. Last night, they lasered the guy. We'll see what they do tonight. No policeman out there, so no laser, evidently. This guy doesn't look like he's going to speed. He's going to go right over to the uh, guard and say, take me home. And say, no, I'm taking you to jail. There you go. I think with Shannon, like, I was saying, I think the reason... Like he he was a serious athlete, and I think he wouldn't have been as as good of an athlete. Like you, you cannot be that kind of character and not be a great athlete. Like you can't be the the jokester and not like you're talking about getting the respect of some serious baseball Hall of Famers, guys like Gibson, who don't take shit. And you know you better be about being a superior athlete around those guys if you're going to be the class clown. So credit to Mike Shannon for being an amazing athlete and also an amazing personality. And I, I did tweet about it last night, but the first phone conversation I ever had with Mike Shannon was when I was working at Camel X. I was running a Cardinal game on the board on the local side. They had network and local side at that time. And uh, we had television screens in the studio with the Doppler radar on them. So... There was a bit of a delay going on, rain delay in the game, and Mike called up. I answered the phone, and, you know, Camel X is Chris. Hey, Chris, Mike Shannon here. Hey, can you uh, you check that Doppler radar and kind of give me an update on what, what's this rain doing? And so I, uh, I'm i like, oh, kind of like tensed up a little bit. It's Mike Shannon calling me, and I'm looking over the radar, and I go, yeah, Mr. Shannon, it looks like it's um, it's a little south of Cuba right now down near – you know, maybe Fort Leonard Wood in that area, and then kind of coming up our way from there, like maybe right in the right, well, on the highway there or something. And he's like, <laughs> Fort Leonard Wood, and I'm like, Yeah, Fort Leonard Wood. He's like, You know what they got down there, Chris? I'm like, What's that, Mr. Shannon? He's like, Snakes and prostitutes, and not in that order. <laughs> Click. <laughs> About thirty second conversation, first time we ever talked. Excuse me? We talked about Doppler radar, weather, Fort Leonard Wood, snakes, and prostitutes in a matter of 30 seconds. And that was the first time we ever talked on the phone. Does it get better for the first conversation? Eh, it does I not. Just, it I, doesn't. I, I sat there for a second like, what the hell just happened? And I'm like, yeah, that's nice. I like that. I'm not going to lie. I think, it's, I think it's our goal. It's everyone's goal to be able to get to that point in your life where you can talk like that. Like when I say like, and I'm not saying like be demeaning or do, you know, uh, I'm talking like, I want to be able to have that conversation in real life and be confident about it in the same vein he was with Gartner. Like imagine talking to a stranger and saying they have a lot of snakes 
and prostitutes. Yeah. And not often in that order. Yeah. What a some, great saying. He's, there's one somewhere. I'm trying to remember. I think it was a Do we show. give him a building? Do we, at what point do we give uh, Mike Shannon a street, a building? At what point do we finally give this man his flowers uh, before he, he leaves this earth? I think he deserves a, a ton of gratitude from this city. Yeah, and they'll do something I at some point. For, I, would, I would love for him to get a, a bridge named after him, a parking garage, maybe name the lofts after him, something. Or name it, yeah. I don't know, but I think just Mike Shannon There's just deserves worthy. the world yeah. because, yeah, he's he's absolutely worthy. Uh, real quick from the Black Sheep uh, on the uh, TV version of Earth, if is Travis Pam, and this is the part of the show when he goes off to do his stupid art thing and fails <laughs> in New York. <laughs> that is brilliant. Pratt Institute's right down the street from you, Travis. Well, aren't you a sassy little diva? That's so perfect. Uh, that is amazing. No, I think Shannon's uh, he's a treasure of the city, and I think you're right, Travis. I think he needs to be uh, treated as such. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of his and the uh, entertainment. Oh, oh, boy. This is embarrassing, isn't it, John? It's so perfect. And everybody That's has their own Shannon. One. Gardner went with uh, a little bit of like a, a street hustler from New Orleans as his, uh, his Mike Shannon voice. Mm-hmm. Give me one more. Well, that's just a laugh. Oh, boy. This is embarrassing. But I like when he tells a story and he uses okay all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there with Bob Yuka, okay? <laughs> and then you come. We're sitting, just sitting there. And then, you know, I'm a killabrew comes walking over, okay? And so when he tells a story, it's like, okay, 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 after everything. Yeah, that had to be intimidating, too, being a new guy at KMOX. Mm-hmm. And he rings you up and just hits you with that yeah. gold. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I am Gardner. Curious. Get him on the show. Yeah, make that happen. I don't know. <laughs> his family. I have nothing but great. I've met some of his family, and I am a big fan of the uh, Shannon family. So well, they, yeah, but they do great work. Man, I'm trying to think of him in this setting. Oh, here. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Well, and just to make it like, difficult, we like, would have to. You're telling me. You're That's telling a me. Camera you're telling me. Well, that ain't no camera. Me, look. Let's be honest. You're telling me you don't want to do 20 minutes of Mike Shannon? Oh, it'd be fantastic. And then when you asked him how social media and technology has improved his career, I think he'll have a great question. He'll have a great Mike, 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 how has Twitter changed broadcast journalism for you? Oh, <laughs> talking to the internet. Computers. Travis, did you hear? I don't think... The internet can cancel anybody. I told somebody I can get a blowjob. No one, no one, no one had a hashtag or anything. Oh, That's so the beauty of Mike Shannon. Seriously, mm. in the age of Me Too and hashtags, you're telling me Mike Shannon can say, uh, "Let me tell you about a blowjob," and yeah. not one person, one entity in America, even you know, bats an eye. That is the legend of Mike Shannon. Yeah, certainly enough. is. Guys, it's been a great first hour. Uh, we've got a special one-on-one for you next. Gardner, are we just going to toss it up? Yeah, or? I think so. Yeah, we'll just get it going right away. Uh, very funny comic uh, moving to New York in the fall. His name is Nathan Orton. You've heard him on this show before. He performs on our shows all the time. He just got done hosting at uh, St. Louis Funniest Competition at Helium. He just featured for Emo Phillips. He's a rising star, and we're proud to have worked with Nathan for uh, a few years on everything and love seeing his star grow even more so uh keep it here me and nathan one-on-one check it out everybody thanks for tuning in
Can I get a piece, Travis? Oh, you can get all the pieces, my friend. In fact, you want some of my my growing too? Nope. Yeah. Cut him off. Cut him get off. All of that. Cut yeah. him off. Yeah. You want, you want some of that? How about your piece to that? <laughs> no, I just wanted you to say peace. P-E-A-C-E. Guys, if you're not and you haven't yet, follow us on uh, all the social media and all that good stuff. Peace. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Chris, and it's We Are Live. Special one-on-one today with the great Nathan Orton. What's hey. up, Nathan? I see you too much is the problem. So you can't do like a formal, like, our guest joins us. Yeah. He's got all these credits. I'm like, it's Nathan. What's up? Hello. Nice to see you. Nice to meet you. Thanks for dressing up today. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks. What, what brand sweatpants are those? I don't know, but they're uh, comfortable. Okay. That's mine. all that matters, yeah. really. Dude, Rocking the orange shirt. They look all right. I think they're all Adidas. Mm-hmm. Adidas. That's how it works. Yeah. Uh, how's the, uh, how's the oh, last weekend you opened for Emo Phillips? You've been yeah. hosting at yeah. uh, Helium for the comedy competition. You're like working like legit shows four or five nights a week man it's it, no i've been very very lucky i yeah funny bone gave me a feature week then i was out in indianapolis headlining co-headlining to be honest where was that uh jokers that's a uh, that's a yeah. serious club right yeah yeah it's uh it's, it's i mean it's a comedy club <laughs> it's not that serious <laughs> but helium well, was uh, jokers isn't in somebody's garage is basically jokers what that I was sounds saying. real serious yeah it's i mean no, i knew what you yeah. meant mm-hmm. i was just being making terrible jokes yeah um, and then, yeah, helium, the competition's so fun. Cause like, yeah. I go up there and everyone hate, doesn't care. Mm. And then, but you get them warmed up. You do. And I want to, I want to kind of scream at people because, uh, the people that open up the show for these competitions, yeah. it's you, Tina, Rafe, maybe yeah. others. I think Jeremy Essex has done in the past. Mm-hmm. Whoever's going to do it at these are the, some of the best we have in, yeah. in the, uh, in the St. Louis area. Thank you. And, and it is too, where it's like, I kind of want to shake people. I'm like. Hey, dummy, I know you're here to see this person that told you you had to come see them at the competition or whatever, but yeah. take note because this is what they're striving to be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it, did, did it feel like you're uh, you're trying to dig out a little more at something like that? It's just I, I don't even try jokes at first. I just try to be uh, aloof and conversational yeah. until it feels warm. And then I go, here's a dick joke. Right. And they it's like you're you're holding back the treat from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I was doing like little dumb jokes that always work and they weren't. And I was like, Oh god. And I just started like being mean to <laughs> them. Whose fault is that? Tongue- By the way, is that or do you just accept that it's in the moment and you're like, These are it's, people here to see one They're person. coming to see their friend mm-hmm. and they want their friend to make it to the competition. Half of them don't want to be there. They're they're they felt obliged and they're being good friends or family. Right. But being good friends or family doesn't mean you're a good audience. True. But by the end of the set, I got them going. And then that's all that matters is the host. Right. So it, you got to leave your ego at the door when you're hosting because you just want to warm them up. You're not going to kill it. And, yeah. But every time I'm like, I'm going to get them right away. But that never – it can't happen. They're like, what? Well, it's Sunday night and we don't want to be here. Right. But no, by the end of it, it just – it was it was great. Like that, sh- everyone killed. It was so good. Duke it was too. And Larry murdered yeah. so hard. I was so proud as their friend. Yeah, they did know? really well. I've judged it for four years now. This yeah. is the fourth year that it's they're doing it, right? Yes. Yeah, it has to be. So yeah, this will be the fourth one. You got Rafe, you, Tina have yeah. won it. Yeah. Uh, it's weird to think, like those, like the moments where you're talking about with like Duke Taylor and Larry Green. Um, 
when you have people that perform like that, you go, oh, St. Louis is doing some things here. Yeah. Because you look at the roster of people who've competed in it, in five years, you might have people that are all headline. You might have double-digit people who are headlining across yeah. the country. That's yeah. kind of interesting to see. I don't know if it's helped getting another club in St. Louis, like whenever or three clubs now, really legit yeah. clubs. Yeah. Uh, if Laugh that Lounge. Helps, yeah, Laugh Lounge, Funny Bone, and Helium. Yep. For a scene, that could mean a lot. It's just more opportunities yeah. and more, uh, I guess, growth, I guess, right? Yeah. 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 The more people working hard and giving a... Can I cuss? You can. Giving a fuck. Yeah. Look um, at you. Yeah. You did just work clean. Let's I know. Talk about that. Five shows... Oh, my God. Emo Phillips. Yeah. Was and you featured. A, yeah. Which is slowly going away, it feels like, because everybody brings their feature, but I can't yeah. imagine Emo Phillips talks to anybody much. <laughs> <laughs> well well enough to bring... Does Come he on the road with me. Does Got he talk him. like that backstage? No, I mean, he's a soft-spoken dude. Very yeah. nice. Very professional. Such a... Just a treat to be around. Mm -hmm. He was so nice to me and Lucas. Complimentary. He shook my hand and said, I'd love to work with you again. Probably not that genuine. If it's not genuine, it's still really nice it to hear. It was really nice to hear. Yeah. Especially in that soft voice. No, but he, he's, he's great. He's a pro, man. Mm -hmm. Like, there's nothing... Nothing to say other than he just does his job well. He just requests he that his brings good audience that knows what jokes are. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, was it? Was it good? Was it a good experience overall? It was a good crowd. I'm. I think I'm a little dark. Uh, some people were like cringing, but I just look at them and smile, then they laugh because right. they're like, "He's a nice boy." <laughs> he reminds we're me of my laugh. son. Is it more? Is yeah. are his crowd just comedy nerds, like to the umph degree? I would. They're comedy nerds, and uh, uh, I would say. Older comedy nerd. Yeah, for sure. Because he's got to be he's, 60, he's, right? I think he's he's in his 60s, mm -hmm. early, early 60s, yeah. but in his 60s. Yeah. That's interesting, too, because you do have, uh, you've got your own style, but then to be able to mold that and then also change to do clean. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's interesting. Did it make you better, you think, working clean? Dude, it, I, looking back, uh, it taught me something because I took jokes that, all I did was set aside like a half hour of jokes that could be clean, and mm -hmm. I made them clean. Saying poop instead of shit hurt my heart. Right. But, uh, was it still as funny, though? It worked. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I still don't think it's, <laughs> I still well, hate it. The, the most recent example I can think of, and I always kiss his ass because he was so nice, and I think he's incredibly funny, is Nate Bargetti. Oh, God. He's clean, but he doesn't so say good. it. So I think I like him more because of that. Because yeah. he won't tell you. He's, he's like, oh, I'm a clean comic. He just is. Right? Yeah. No. But then you don't feel like you're being told what to do. That's amazing. That, yeah. And I, th I have huge respect for someone who can be clean. The problem with being, uh, the term clean, especially when you're told to do it as an opener, mm -hmm. it's like, what is, does that mean no fuck or I can't talk about death? Sex, situations, and, whatever. Because I have a, a whole – I do like the four-minute joke about taking an HIV test and freaking out and there's drugs involved, but I never say fuck. Mm -hmm. I, I stayed out of those four-letter words. And, like, that's the bit I really worked on a lot, uh, like you were asking, and made better just because I, I had to, like, dissect it. Right. And it wasn't even, like, uh, being clean. It was just revisiting older jokes and working on them because I had to do them because Tinkering. I couldn't do the other. Right. Yeah. Well, and then, too, where it's like uh, you take a look back at things, and then it just forces you. To, it's, it's a lot like martial arts, really, which you have a background in that. So it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, maybe try from this angle. And it's mm -hmm. like, what the hell? I just 
I hit that target. Yeah, I, I didn't think Demo I could do Phillips that. Did face. you really? Yeah. I was gonna say like there was a bit of an incident. He was complaining on Twitter, and yeah. I, don't know, I figured it was you or, or Lucas who opened for him. So working clean, good experience, fun weekend. Yeah. Now, if it would have been shitty crowds, then you're saying it was a perfect environment. For it, it was great. It yeah. was it was a lot of fun. Um, I and I I don't like to ever blame the crowd unless it's a competition opening. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> it's, like, it's just like, yeah. that's what you're not a real crowd. You're people here to cheer one person. Yeah, yeah. but no, uh, it was it was awesome. It was a great experience, and I'm really grateful to be getting all the local work. Yeah, like they say, figure. where you start, you don't get respect, and I I don't think that's. I think true. you get plenty of respect. Uh, yeah, I think it's cool. As far as uh, new comics, I, I like hearing this. I, do you ever you know who Dusty Slay is? He's a comic in Nashville. Whatever he's got, he's done like Kimmel recently. He's had a big year. Oh, good. The last year, good. right? Good for so, him. and uh, I think he like features for Burt Kreischer or something too. But okay. he's like in the vein of a Nate Bargain. He's a Southern comic who's based in Nashville. He well, does his name's a podcast. Dusty. So Dusty, yeah, yeah. <laughs> straight out the trailer park, dude. Uh, but no, he's doing like a series like how to get into comedy, how to, just giving advice or whatever. Mm. You at the point where you're comfortable uh, giving out a little more advice, and then with that, sticking with the clean part. I and I used to just being a fan and yeah. watching. I would get annoyed at people like, you know, if somebody wants to. I'm trying to think of the correct way to phrase this. If somebody's new and wants to cuss and do stuff, like let them do it. That's fine. When people, when older comics, like, nah. And Gary Goldman said it. He's like, you don't have to be clean, but yeah. be you know, delete these first and then work on it. But then when you get exposed to some lower levels or some newer people coming up, you do see where people crutch on it. And then yeah. now I'm of the thing where like. If people were to come get advice, I would tell you to tell people, yeah, don't cuss for your first year. Yeah. See how it goes. Uh, because I, it's so, they give you lazy, crappy jokes and people will laugh at them. I, I agree. And it's got to um, make you worse in the long run too. It No, I, I agree 100% on that. I, I think uh, trying to be, like new comics, trying to be edgy, like, oh, how can I... I don't care what you have to say yet. Yeah, what what can I say about rape that's going to be crushing? Mm -hmm. Nothing. Right. Nothing at all yeah. is going to be funny. Yeah, I ever. thought you were going to parlay that into a fat joke about me. So no, so absolutely good. not. Unless you could crushing. I don't know. Yeah, you never. Oh yeah. no. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. If you rape someone, you would crush them. Sure. Is that there. That's where it is. Thank you. That that's been lazy. Nathan's open mic. <laughs> It's his first time on stage, everybody. Give it up for him. No, uh, are you in a position? That was an example of, of first get, like, ugh, this is meta comedy. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't understand, then that's on you, yeah. man. Uh, you like giving advice to people? I love it. Do you really? Yeah, because I like to inspire and help. Like, I get like this uh, rep as like an asshole from comics that uh, say it. Mm-hmm. But I'm... I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I, really... I find you to, I mean, and again, to then somebody could argue it's like, well, you're his, you're his tribe, Chris. Like, yeah. of course, you two have gotten along since the day you met. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know for uh, for some of the things people would intimate. I'm like, I kind of just see a guy who shows up and does exactly what he says he's gonna do, mm -hmm. is on time and uh, does you. a great job. So yeah. I, I have a weird relationship with how people feel about you yeah. at times because I'm like, I don't think that's it, what you want it, it to be. I will, look without saying anything about myself. So talking third person, I might be yes. Nathan Orton <laughs> comes off as an asshole on stage because he has uh, overcome anxiety and depression and uh, being bullied all his life. So he had to find confidence. 
And so that comes can off we pause? as arrogance. Can we pause on yes. that? I'm going to need to know. Uh, Literally pause? Yeah, well, no, I'm, just, I'm jumping in on the, conver- on the conversation. Okay. Bullied your whole life? Let's, yeah. Let's talk about that. I was picked on as a kid. Yeah. I was beat up. You being stuff. a little dramatic? No. No. Okay. No. Growing up in North County, St. Louis. Yes. Kids, tough people there. Yeah. You had older, you had older brother and older sister. sister. Mm-hmm. Is, are we talk, what? How does this happen to the son of a professional wrestler? And I realize your brother was working his way up, yeah. right? So there was no like attached celebrity to you in high school, I'm sure. But no, like, yeah, because my brother got into the WWE right as I was like getting into high school. Oh, okay. So people knew. People called me Orton. Like yeah. I didn't have a first name. Right. Orton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's just like that's been my life. And I'm so used to it, I don't even care. Is that just the time we grew up? You're a little younger than me, but uh, I don't know. Like, because I could say that too. Like, definitely got like beat up, jumped, you whatever. Did? As a kid, yeah, for sure. That's why I got into like martial arts and stuff. Like, oh. I came home and I wonder we connect. Told so my <laughs> told my parents, I'm like, hey, they're like two kids, older kids, like kind of roughing me up. Mm-hmm. And I was big for my size or whatever, but yeah. immediately was in like kickboxing and stuff the next day. Yeah. Like, and that helped a ton. Yeah. But when you say pick on you, I'm just curious, like to what degree, like, are we talking about you went to a school where it was common where kids fought and you were on the bad end of some of those fights? Or are we talking it's high school time and people you're feeling like an outcast? Like what's going on? You, you wrestled in high school. I would say the former is more close to it. Uh-huh. Like I wasn't like getting, I, I started wrestling my freshman year. I was never good at wrestling, but and it, to differentiate, we're talking Olympic style wrestling for the high yes, school team. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah, amateur, a, yeah, big difference. Yeah, 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 high school wrestling. Yeah. So like the actual sport, and I wasn't too good at it. But it took me from like a kid who played video games all the time, to like a guy who was in shape and wasn't afraid anymore. Then the MMA made me like, okay, if I got in a bar fight, I'll be okay. And that's right. when I was like, I'm not. And I boxed. Then I was like, this isn't who I am. I'm glad I did it. But then I just threw it away and started like practicing teaching myself the guitar and realized I was like the theatrical right younger son <laughs> of the I just found myself right but that no that's important too because uh that does it for a lot of people whether it's karate for children wrestling yeah. wrestling by the way the hardest sport on the planet I would like, love to do karate with children now yeah just beat the shit out of them <laughs> oh you would compete against them yeah I was like oh that's great Nathan wants to be a teacher and, and, and give out knowledge no 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 that's that's not what you want to do. So, okay. So wait, so you, so you get into wrestling that, okay. So you didn't play any sports even. That was no. your, was that your first sport? No coordinations. Yes. I yeah. was so unathletic and just do your, floppy. did your siblings play any sports in school? Yeah. They played all the sports. They played everything. My, my brother and sister, my parents put them in sports as kids and piano lessons. Mm-hmm. Me, it was like, oh, there's a Nintendo. Go sit in that corner. Uh, okay. Are yeah. You I the was youngest? the youngest. Oh, and it was gotcha. like, oh, we had a boy and a girl. We don't care anymore. <laughs> So now they let me move back in at 30 uh, to save up (laughs) to move to New York. So it paid off. It it did work out. I had a fucked up childhood, which made me a comic. And then I get to, their guilt allowed them for me to live there again. Was your dad dad still traveling when you were a a child? Uh, He was a car salesman from what I can remember. Right. Yeah. So you didn't know him as professional wrestler on the road, dad? No. No. (laughs) I knew him as um, large, scary man, dad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like he'd come home. I've met him. He's a big dude. Yeah. yeah. Like we're, he's a great person and yeah. we're cool. And, but jokingly like, yeah, just his voice alone. He used to smoke. So it was like more gravelly. Well, let's talk about God the ability. <laughs> like he's, he would like, there would be like a piece of 
lint on the carpet and be like, he'd reach down and pick it up and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no one picked it. And it just but it let's fell so, off a shirt. To pull yourself out of... <laughs> As they do. Choke slam me. Right. Well, put yourself into an adult's shoes now. Think about if, because you got to think like your dad was a professional wrestler for however long. Yeah. He's a pageantry. He's, he's, he's got some pageantry in his, his own blood. So think about that. Like, I wonder how much of that was him working you over you're like you're dumb little like little children are dumb yeah, right they're, yeah. they're forming their their I thoughts brilliant well obviously that's uh, something that we'll talk about as well child no. genius nathan orton no. but no i i wonder about that I'm like how much of that was your dad being you know slipping into character a little oh, bit i wonder cast on and, <laughs> and he just, choreographed our spanking yeah exactly <laughs> that could work into something no <laughs> sorry go ahead were you gonna i don't know no i, I thought you were gonna maybe act it out it's gone. Okay, it's gone. It's <laughs> over. Uh, <laughs> so we're into high school, doing wrestling, stuff like that. Uh, I can't remember. We talked a couple of years ago. But the MMA part, I think, is funny, too, because yeah. incredibly difficult, so hard to do. Yeah. How many amateur fights did you have? I was like... There's one clip on... I highly recommend everybody just say oh, yeah. Nathan Orton, MMA. There's one of you head kick knocking out someone. Yeah. Maybe we can edit I that in I think he was post. a Marine. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah. His life wasn't hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> Already. Like, I was... And I that I actually woke up with alcohol-related diarrhea that day. Good for you. And I got a call and was like, you want to fight tonight? And I was like, oh, if I say no, I'm a pussy. <laughs> So I went. You, that was a short notice if, fight? Yeah. If I wouldn't have knocked that dude out, I would have got my ass whooped. You think so? Because I was like dehydrated and mm. hung over. How new were you in, in that fight? That was my third MMA fight. So the first MMA fight, I won by TKO. Second MMA fight, I got destroyed. I got kicked in the throat and had a panic attack because I couldn't <laughs> breathe. <laughs> it's hilarious. So funny. <laughs> I say this. How about the, I cut how much what were what weight were you fighting at? I was fighting 170 and I was like 169. I didn't You do didn't much. have to cut. No, I was stubborn. <laughs> oh no. I was just the skinny. So this so for how this works, the other guy who showed up weighed 195 was, pounds by the time he I got was into the 19. Ring. This guy had hair on his chest. <laughs> which I still don't have. Yeah. And he at the weigh-ins, Someday. he was smiling at me. I was yeah. like, "All right, dude. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I thought we were supposed to grit our teeth." Yeah. He's the guy who kicked you in the throat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I hope I yeah, he's dead now. He got into a car. I'm just joking. <laughs> um no, hopefully he's yeah. he's dead. He's... I no, I'm joking. Uh his name was Nathan too. That's I just remember I I forgot that until my subconscious was like, You buried this. Local local guy? No, it was in uh it was in the stupid Illinois town that has a Superman statue. Like he was a real person. Where it was is like that? Metropolis or something. Oh, is it really? Yeah, so it was there and like I went out there, and it was just a mismatch. It was my second fight. I was 19. This dude was a grown man, probably yeah. had a lot of fights under his belt. I love that. You used, used to be, when the internet was wasn't quite as prevalent, yeah. you could hide people's records, too. Yeah. Not that I know anything about that. Whenever uh, you end up in a cage in Kansas City with somebody with 12 fights, and you've had none. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that, that was a problem back then, because yeah. people want to pad their stats. Yes. And so you got thrown into the wolves a little bit. Yeah, and, like, I was, I, I didn't. I, I have no quit in me. I thought I was going to die. Yeah. Because he kicked me in the throat. I couldn't breathe. I was, ah, ah, and I kept trying to fight. And then, like, the ref was like, something's wrong and stopped it. And uh, he hit me in the back. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the next fight, I knocked that dude out. And then I think I won every fight after that. Dude, you had more. Yeah. I had like yeah. 12, maybe. Damn. You had 12. I think. Yeah. I, dude, I forget. I didn't keep That's that much. That's maybe, yeah. maybe I got hit in the head too much. Mm-hmm. I had like three. So yeah. you went something like 12 and one? 
No, uh, ten and two more would be more like as it an amateur. Because, yeah, and and the other loss was bullshit. It was total bullshit. Yeah. Like I I hit him in the chin, he dropped, and then I was I'm such a nice guy. Other besides what you know, despite what the alt comics would say, <laughs> uh, I'm such a nice guy. I didn't jump on him and start hitting him. I was right. like, all right, I'll get back up and I'll box him. Yeah. And then he ended up winning a decision because he ta- he took me down and laid on top of me. Are and you serious? I was so like, you let him Fuck go. This. Yeah. And but... he got, and that was a championship fight. He got a belt. Are I you could serious? have a fucking belt next to my dad's. Do you remember? <laughs> I you really remember got who, hit. Do you remember who the guy was? And this is at 170? Uh, yeah. He was yeah. a firefighter. Okay. And he was a lot older than me, and he had long, frizzy, curly hair. Oh, fun. He actually was in the other car that killed the other guy. Good for you. The both and of them the, had right. a head on. Right. They're Don't dead beat now. Nathan Orton in an amateur no. fight. Dude, ten the universe comes back to get you. 10 and 2. That means uh, somebody was probably trying to get you to go pro. I'm not a bitch. Yeah. I'm 10 no... and 2 is pretty serious. And then I, yeah. man. Thank you, bud. And then yeah. I had... Uh, it's about as serious as Joker's Comedy Club, actually. <laughs> I, uh, so we call a callback in the biz. Thank people. you. That's right. Uh, uh, I what was that? And then I had hip surgery, mm-hmm. and I just taught myself the guitar and started doing dick jokes, and that's who I am now. And that's where it is. That's yeah. what's brought you to I'm the studio right now. Mm-hmm. Now nah, you can still throw. I'm sorry if you've had 12 fights. That doesn't go away. Thank you. <laughs> it doesn't. That is uh, incredibly scary, but. If you uh, do, you remember? You probably don't remember. Do you fight anybody that uh, went on? Because there's a lot of fighters from St. Louis now that have advanced on. Really? Yeah, UFC stuff like that. Because you were still kind of in the just bleed time period, right? Yeah. Where it's like it's a little more. Yeah, everyone was just on their period. It was weird. Yeah, good. Uh, sometimes I say things and don't know why I said them. That's all right. I I do that a lot actually. I yeah I I don't know names. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't fighting like. I, I didn't beat anyone who's like the UFC champ now. I don't want to like throw it. I don't want to get, get it's it very, twisted. It's nice of you to uh, put it yeah, like that. But I'm, I'm at not... the same time, if you fight that much in the St. Louis area, there's a lot of tough guys, a lot of wrestlers, a lot yeah. of uh, tough people to deal with. Yeah, so. I had a lot of heart. And I yeah. worked really, 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 really hard. Did like that... I almost died on the treadmill. Really? Like I'd get palpitations. Yeah, I feel like you'd be into cutting weight now with all the fasting and everything like that. See? Still, no. I'm no? stubborn. Okay. Yeah, but if I would have known about intermittent fasting, if that was trendy when I was fighting. It's, that, it changes so much. I remember wrestlers when I was in high school, and I'm, again, 2002 is when I graduated high school. Yeah. Killing themselves. So spitting stupid. into Gatorade bottles, running in trash, and all that stuff. So it's like, so bad. and now the science on that, like, no, you don't have to do that. You just stop just eating as don't much. Eat. And pick what you eat. Yeah, pick and choose yeah. what you eat. You do you like giving people uh, health advice? I love it. Yeah, I I love explaining to people because there's so many people who are like diets don't work. It's like you could not eat for. I mean, you got to build up to it, but you could literally like there's science out there that um, I read like the article headings. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there was a YouTube video of a guy who that. read the article. Right, right, right. Uh, Who's screaming loudly. Yeah. And now I understand it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's like in three days of fasting, your immune system apparently resets like mm-hmm. the autop- uh, autophagy, which is uh, programmed like it's like uh, eating thyself is like the Latin. Right. So autophagy is if you have shitty cells or precancerous cells um your good cells eat those for energy so they're getting energy and the bad cells are gone and that happens after a certain point of fasting which is so when learning that if you learn that how could you possibly get a hunger pang and go oh i need a bagel no just keep going <laughs> right you're right, right, right. fine yeah 
It has some salt for electrolytes. Pink Himalayan sea salt and water. You're big well, on the pink Himalayan three sea salt. days of that. Yeah, dude, anyone can lose weight. It's a reset. Weight. Yeah, anyone can lose weight, and the autophagy prevents that loose skin thing from people who get like gastric bypass surgery. Great point. It's, it it like the human body is so miraculous. If you just learn a couple things and have the discipline, anyone can do it. That's why I don't mind doing fat jokes. Right. And when people get offended, I'm like, kill yourself. Like, this isn't, yeah, wow, that got dark. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was Gardner, who's been quiet the whole time, just softly agreeing with it. But it's not no, like. I get it. You're not, you're oh, seeing it good. as, you're seeing it as an obstacle, not a wall. Like, yeah, right? like it's, it's like, a... like, just, I, I liked, I've helped, like, I've personally helped, I've had, like, testimonials. I, mm -hmm. I'll do a joke about, like, diets, and someone will be like, you're fat shaming. Yeah. And then someone will, under that will be like, Nathan Orton helped me lose 30 pounds. Right. And I'm like, yeah. So it's like, and that was Chad Wallace. I'll just call him out because he, he wouldn't mind. Great comment. He runs the best uh, non-club open mic weekly heavy anchor, 10 o'clock every Monday. How many years Monday. has he been doing that? I don't know, but God bless him. Yeah, that's a huge part of your he's, scene. He's the shit. Yeah, Everyone love Chad. loves Chad. Everyone yeah. loves Chad. Uh, except himself. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> he's fine. Uh, no, Chad's great. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go there tonight. Mm -hmm. And he's he's really just a good dude. But he he I talked to him about it. He was saying he had knee pain. And I was like, yeah. He's like, I'm trying to lose weight. And the fasting, which reduces inflammation, helped with the knee pain. He lost weight, which helped with the knee pain. Now he's like, he like lets me go up first every time. So <laughs> to it, jump into the infomercial, worked. my back got fucked up at uh, from lifting and jujitsu yeah. four years ago. And I'll remember, I remember the exact moment it happened, but it was probably compounded over years or whatever, because I was doing a bunch of squats and I was like, I'm going to get back into whatever. And I remember tossing a guy who, you know, the dudes who you grapple with that are built like, uh, that are built like fire hydrants that Globes. are 280. Yeah. They're 280, but they're athletic 280. Yeah, it's stupid. And it, they're five foot 10. Yeah. They're not six foot five. So there's not extra to grab. Yeah. And I just remember, I was so proud that I like launched this dude off because I was on the bottom. And then I felt something on my back. I was like, that's oh. not, that's not how it's supposed to do. And then I, whatever, long story short, four or five doctors, people telling me to have major surgery, oh. all this stuff. And then letting it spiral to get like the fattest I've ever been. Cause I'm like, eh, it feels pretty good when I down two bottles of wine yeah. at night. Right. Oh, that, and then just do that. Yeah. Just do that. They make it. And then you get super fat, whatever. Four years of that shit. And literally like not being able to sleep from my back and all this other stuff. I just switched it up how I ate and yeah. all that stuff. I've lost like almost 60 pounds good now. For you, man. My, but tell. the best part, I know, I'm I know, just joking, still too I'm fat. I'm joking. The bad part, the back part is embarrassing. Actually. I'm yeah. like, that's all it took. It was just yeah. like changing this up. And I don't feel like I want to, punch everybody i see it's, now it's ridiculous it how the weight loss coupled with the reduced inflammation mm -hmm. which want to know what else reduces inflammation cold showers oh wow no, that's the one thing i can't get people to do yeah even my girlfriend like right. she's she's like a health nut too we'll like we'll fast together and we're mm -hmm. like oh we're so cool then we'll have like a cheat day and just eat 12 donuts and not yeah. after fasting you don't want to break a fast with junk food if people are actually listening to this and learning things you want yeah. to break your fast with probiotics and healthy fats and vegetables mm -hmm. and a little fruit but like we'll we'll just see a lot of cheat days and stuff uh that's fun uh, but no, she won't do a cold shower. Like people just don't want to do that because it's sick. Like ice baths it, and cryotherapy is huge. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's so healthy for you, it, mm -hmm. and it's good for your hair and your skin. You would think, like, I don't know if this is gonna get me in trouble. You would think women would really like the cold shower idea because the hair and skin, like they, that's like 
they're they have like products sure that they're so into gotcha. like a lot of women i know are like they love doing their hair and skin health, health. And cold, a giant. Yeah. yeah yeah thanks for just saying health and beauty instead it's of it. that paragraph i did because that's all i had to... <laughs> no that, that makes complete sense yeah so you're super into that and now you've got a girlfriend that's into that too yeah uh girlfriend you said you're gonna move to new york yeah. when are you moving to new york october october I think we're going to work on a little uh, surprise with Nathan before he leaves. We'll, we'll save that for another time before we can okay. announce that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, October, girlfriend going with you. Yeah. What's going on with that? She is, man. She's she's great. Like, I, I gave up on women mm-hmm. um, because... That's I, actually how we met everybody. Oh, yeah? yeah. We, we, yeah I, we, on a yeah, date. Dating, yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> we... I just said I'm going to stop dating like a year uh, after I broke up with a girl and like a year and a half ago. I was like, I'm done with this because it's and a waste far of be time. it from Nathan Orton to go extreme on something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I just said <laughs> rather than I might find someone else or yeah. chill out yeah, for yeah, a yeah, few yeah. weeks. I'm done. <laughs> no, so right. and it wasn't like this woe is me thing. No, I get and it. And it wasn't like I hate women. Nothing was it like goal that. oriented? Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> speaking of. <laughs> It's almost like you knew this. Okay, go ahead. So I know I stopped. Uh, I st- I told myself I'm going to stop dating until mm-hmm. I move to New York. Right. That gives me a year and a half to focus on comedy, hit the gym, write more. I started taking an acting class, played, started practicing guitar all the time. Just like one of those best version of myself things, motivational well, to Ultimately videos. become a, a guitar yeah. comic, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Silly songs. Separate. Silly songs. Yeah. I got the small dick blues. <laughs> I don't know. Something stupid. <laughs> right, right, it's right. Like, oh, he's, that's great. Yeah. A white dude doing blues, small dick. Glad we had a close up for that one. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. So and I have a blamash. No, oh. but anywho's, um, yeah, I just started best version of myself. You know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, listening to Denzel Washington give uh, commencement speeches at work. Like, yeah, gonna do this. And then, like a year of that, like this celibate Nathan. Celibate? You weren't just you weren't randoming. Uh, they were like anybody. They were, you know, you know. Yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, it's gonna happen. Yeah. But I try. I, I did feel gross after. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Gave away a part of myself. <laughs> but, so so you're you're walking this path. Yeah. So I was practically celibate, minus a couple. <laughs> I was I'm a wondering. monk I'm like, that yeah. fucked a couple times. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And no, then I met this girl, uh, and I was like, all right, she's really nice. Did you meet her at our, our weekly comedy series? Yeah, thanks. You know, you're welcome. Once again. Yeah, I met her on Valentine's Day at uh, Southtown Pub, where you have this great Thursday oh, show. Wow. Oh, it's don't. so good. Stop, you make it good stop, by being stop. there. Um, really, thanks. Mm, mm-hmm. And no, we met, and then like we went shit, Science Center, Zoo, Art Museum. Oh, look how classy and cute we Nathan are. isn't a robot. He's got feelings. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And then we just decided... And then, like... Uh, I like said to her, I was like, Hey, I'm moving to New York. Like I told her right away. I was moving to New York. Pretty right. much, and I was like, Hey, I, I don't want to break up, but I don't like if we do distance, she's like, no, I want I, I already wanted to move there too. I was like, Oh, <laughs> it was that oh, simple. Okay. Somebody's laying it right. Yeah. Is, is what I'm saying. I that's, would say, yeah, I think that's what we're dealing I mean, with here. Nathan, I you think, take a year off. You get pretty good. Right. <laughs> I think, you know, you take care of your body. There's that intensity. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you throw a one-liner in once in a while, and she doesn't want to lose that. Funny is I did a one-liner recently, and it turned her off and uh, during. 
<laughs> she was like uh, mad. That's really funny. Good timing. Last night. Yeah, cold. Perfect. Cold, dead. Lay there and finish. Hurry up. Hurry up, you fucking asshole. I made a really bad joke at the wrong time. Did you really? Yeah. That's terrible and funny. It was and a... I'm glad you're talking about it right now. Oh my I'm sure, gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm sure everyone else involved is too. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, that'll do it. So you're gonna. So she's gonna. So that makes things. Yeah, change the subject. It makes New York is gonna be exciting for you two to fall in love even more. That's great. There, fall in New York between yeah. the two of you with no one-liners. The Big Apple. The Big Apple. What do you want to do when you go to New York? You've been up there before. You, you got people that'll vouch for you. Yeah. You just had a badass uh, weekend a couple months back or a month back with Mia Jackson. She's regular up there. <sighs> Mia Jackson's so cool. So wonderful. She's a brilliant on stage and mm -hmm. she's like the nicest person in the world. She's amazing. And I, she'll look I, out for you. I yeah. want her to be my sister. Yeah. Like I wish we were, she was my sister mm -hmm. in real life. Sister? No, sister, oh, biological. biological. It wasn't a black okay. joke. All right, sorry. I just, you know, you always take it a certain way. And Chris. That was one of those things. No, I didn't mean nope. to throw you under the bus. Uh, I want her to be my biological sister. I get it. And I love my real sister, too. Mm -hmm. I just want two sisters. I get it. Okay. That makes sense. You're seeking love in all mm -hmm. the right places. No. We went on a road trip to the Blue Room. She let me open for her, and it yeah. was like she killed... I did well, and we came back. I got a speeding ticket on the way. and Good for you. We were able to relate on how uh, cops can fuck up your day, mm -hmm. uh, obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. yeah. Look out. Um, but, um, yeah, she had more stories than me. No, I'm just... But... <laughs> uh, Black woman growing up in Georgia? No, come on. No, no. but... So you're going to get up there, but just as her as an example of somebody who vouched for you. And, and I don't even know if I want to say this on... Oh, please do. No, Rich Boss it. said he would get me an audition or yeah. something? Yeah, I mean, hopefully he comes through on that. I don't, in my dealings with him, I find him to be incredibly uh, true to his word. So why the hell not? Just, yeah, and I'll, yeah. But even having... I'll send a clip. Even the chops that you have, like, that's nice. But Thanks. then the uh, when you get to New York or somewhere else where it's like, it also takes people speaking up on your behalf. Yeah. Like, you can do as it's, many showcases as you want. If somebody's not into you, they're not into you. Everything's super political. Yeah. But, like, if you're if, if someone vouches for you and you've put in the work to get good and you're in the... I mean, you're going to be in that right place, right time. And if you've put the work in and you're funny, no one can say, oh, he's just got lucky. Mm -hmm. I mean, the opportunity was luck, but everyone needs that luck to have that moment. But if you're ready for the moment, that's the work you put in. That's the whole point. Of that everything. was a motivational video from last year. I heard Denzel <laughs> said you. all that. Good for you. I was going to say, like, that sounds so familiar. Yeah. Interesting. No, at what point do you put your hand up whenever somebody says, um, uh, when they relate your brother's fame mm -hmm. to what you're doing? Because I love that about you, but I also feel like it's this whoever it is, whether it's an agent or somebody that uh, hires you for a gig, if it's Netflix, they're going to see that. I love that you have that card to pull. Yeah. But I also love that that card hasn't been pulled on these stupid levels because at a certain point, if it's going to benefit you, you want it to benefit you the right way. Right. Yeah. What would yeah. you say if somebody immediately was like, uh, well, I pull that card. Like, I don't even know what that card means. Yeah. Right. Because it, my brother's a wrestler. Right. But at the same time, he's, that a, means I'm good at, comedy automatically yeah somebody would pull that and get yeah. a cruise ship gig before oh, they could before they had 10 minutes no right? like, like yeah that no, happens there's a merit to it i want to be good and like I'm, I'm not gonna ever probably pull that card but if someone's a huge wrestling fan and says oh do my show i'm not gonna say well i can't because i put the time in to <laughs> yeah. be a comic i'm i never yeah i never said 
you know, hey, my brother's Randy Orton, I should be famous. Right. And people probably think that. I'm always going to have a stigma of like, oh, he had an easy path. Nope. No. Six and a half years of grinding it out in St. Louis with depression and anxiety, probably not the easiest I One path. of my favorite things is because you do work a lot, and, and I know how funny you are, but over the last year, I love telling the comics that you're about to work with. I'm like, bring it up on like the second night. <laughs> just to like mess with yourself because they think it's cool. I won't yeah. bring it up, whatever, but I just think it's like a fun thing for them. And then of they're course. like, oh, okay. Yeah, you can. But yeah. at the same time, like at some point, somebody will hopefully see that at worst as like, maybe this will get a uh, hundred more people that come to this yeah. theater show or yeah. this big yeah. Netflix thing or something. But I don't know. I guess that could be interesting. But if you're the type of person you are, there's no point in even like what's the draw. Yeah, it's that, gotten right? me. So I got two gigs. I opened up for uh, Dolph Ziggler, and I did that podcast uh, show. Um, Jake uh, the Snake. 80... Oh, and Jake the Snake. Two so of those. Two of those. Gigs. Literally, and I'm not saying this. But two of those were yes, who you are, and but I also did that. Like I hooked yeah, that up yeah, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's Thanks. not like you're seeking wrestling gigs. No. Is my point. But what's funny is I do these shows, and they go very well. Like mm -hmm. I'll just say, you know, I cringe at. Uh, self-validation that's recorded but like i killed yeah so it's good to know that wrestling fans think i'm funny because when they make that connection and they're all right i'll watch it oh you know it's not like i if a whole bunch of wrestling fans are like he sucks that right. that would just that would be counterproductive to the but you also can validate it by you know you're not just going out there leaning on a couple of wrestling quips yeah. to get the joke. Yeah. And then to be like, oh, people love him. And then you go in front of a normal crowd and you've got nothing. No. That'd be it was terrible. Like, yeah, learn the normal crowd. Then go to that niche audience that and enjoy and enjoy And yeah. just rest a little bit more because yeah. the laughs are going to come slightly easier, right? Yeah. Maybe. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't have a guilty conscience about the whole thing. Like. People can make the connections with the last name, and it might lead to a gig I wouldn't have got otherwise. But I'm as long as I show up and do my job and it goes well, mm -hmm. that's fine. I think that's the right attitude to have. I would hate it because there is this thing. It's a storytelling thing, and wrestlers are performers. So I think it makes sense. Somebody might get offended that yeah. a wrestler is doing a, a Q&A town hall in a comedy club. But I think it's like, I don't know. It makes sense, and they're a place that needs to sell drinks. It's no worse than so, someone who has a YouTube channel who's not a comic selling out headlining a helium i think it's i think it's much more respectable than yeah. that right where it's just like well okay i get both of them 20 year vet but at least 30. one of them's a, a performer yeah right yeah and, and has interesting stories and what's funny is like bo burnham is probably the best like he's like there's he's, he's like, gonna he's just gonna skip straight skip straight to like filmmaker director there's and not even fuck around yeah with there's stand-up comedians then they're above that there's like dave chappelle who's like a philosopher now mm -hmm. a hilarious brilliant philosopher Patrice O'Neill, God rest his soul, would have been there, I think, too. But Bo Burnham is like, he's just this brilliant dude. And he started on YouTube yep. before it was cool. And now when people do that, you see like open micers sitting at these shows being like, I could do this. And it's kind of weird. It's just yeah. weird. The stark difference between – I just used that example to and make sure I'm, I'm separating Bo Burnham from, like, anyone who were to – and I won't name drop, but just people who do um, – who get to headline, but they haven't gone through fall. the open mic, the grind to learn mm -hmm. how to do stand-up, and they're right. three years into their – yeah, I don't know. No, it's, it's an interesting, weird thing to deal with, too, because you would have somebody who's arguably extremely funny that's been doing, you know – like the right way stand yeah. up for 20 years 
losing out on gigs to people who did it six months ago, and now they're in the yeah, same. They line went of work. viral. Yeah, and they can't do stand up, but they have forty five minutes slot to fill at a show, and they fill up the thing. And that's and you can't blame the clubs for for wanting that. No, that's audience. what I was gonna say too. Like, how do you feel but about just, that for the clubs? But. Yeah, it's just like it, it, it's at the end of the day, it's a business, so it makes sense. But like, as like Mike, uh, people doing mics every night, trying to get good, and then you see that you're just like, what is this? What right. world am I in? What am I doing? But yeah. it, it's it's just I don't know that I didn't. Want I don't know for what to get shit talking. No, no, no. But I yeah. don't know what you would want them to do. Like, do you want the, like somebody who would protest that, right? Or like, don't do an event. Like, this is sacred. This is a church. Yeah, that's fine. But then, whenever there's proof that something that could work, that's a performance, is now being done at a at a VFW hall or a bar or something else, and they're making money, then you're literally leaving money on the mm -hmm. table. And it's like, oh, well, now whenever the next uh, right way comic doesn't sell as many tickets as we hope, we're not gonna we're gonna be that much closer to closing our doors. Yeah, yeah. So that's an oh, interesting yeah. thing to deal with. Absolutely. Yeah. And I no, I have I don't care. Do your thing. Like if. You have like at once a month. There's someone who comes in who isn't like a traditional stand-up comedian mm -hmm. who got great at it over two decades, uh, and but they fill it up because they have a following for their um, vines. I know that's like not no, I get anymore. it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say vines. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, they they just um, well, it works. I'm Maybe not, there's a I'm couple not locals. Hating. No, it's not just, at all. It's just like well, this is inspiration that I can. That I, I can, I'll be a headliner someday. If, right. Yeah. If this well, is what... but then too, if, if you get in front of that crowd, you can maybe not blow them out of the water is what you would shoot to do. But if you do blow them out of the water, them. yeah, that's a, it's, would, you, would you try that? If you had to do a weekend, let's say you've got, uh, don't name drop. You've got the, the lion, uh, <laughs> the lion tamer. Who's a YouTuber who's okay. coming to town. And you've got to do five shows with them. Are you going to try and bury them as a feature every night? I, or are you going to try and lob up uh, a nice, warm audience? Are you going to try and bury them? Well, so you go up there to be funny. Yep. And if you see, I've been in this situation before. I don't go up there with a malicious, I want to blow them out of the You're water. You're just going to do what you do. But if people come up after the show and go, you should have been the headliner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's right. like I don't know. There's various economic factors that play yes, into why that's I, not. Uh, I, yes. Yeah. Um, no, I I don't ever like try to. I want the show to go well overall yep. for the audience, and I, I I'm a good-hearted person. I don't want them to bomb because I did. I look at it like this: if I crush, the audience is hot, and they should be able to do their job as a pro. Yeah. And if if I bury them, which has happened, like it. <laughs> I don't know why you're saying it like that. It's that's not a big. It's not well because it sounds like bragging. But if yeah. I'm just being objective about situations I've been in, yeah, it's, I don't feel guilty. But it, I, I didn't go I up think there. There's plenty of people at certain to levels. Yeah. yeah, no, at certain it's, levels, we're like, that's gonna happen if you have somebody yeah. who's a strong. And feature. I'm gonna get buried in New York. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm gonna right. be buried all the time. It's gonna make me better. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm also not headlining clubs, um, so it's like a different. Absolutely, you're you're on the come up rather than like somebody you. giving you something, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned acting. How did how does that go? Oh, did I you loved enjoy it. it? Yeah, I loved it so much. Creative Actor Studio, based in they're like their studios in Clayton. You should, if you're interested. In, am I looking at a camera? Yeah. If you're interested in acting, let's work those chops. Play play a reporter right now, or play a motivational person speaking to people. Put 
Can you put camera. like uh, oh. that show where Denzel Washington's son needs a heart transplant in the background? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I just go ahead, Gardner. No, yep. if you want to do an acting class, Creative Actor Studio, uh, I'll just say their first names, Kelsey and Liz. So that'll Google will get you there. But no, I, I would recommend it. That's all. No, uh, that's, and I think I think more people look to creative uh, outlets to improve, whether it's just yeah quality of life or mm-hmm. how they act around the office or whatever. So it's you, like you it, saw yeah. it's pretty useful. Oh, it's it's great because it Wait, made. Are you acting right now? Yes. Oh my god! This whole time he's been acting. I've been acting. Time. I know. Wow. That's. That's what I mean. You Creative thought it was me. Studio, great work. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's really good because I used it as a sup, uh, supplemental get better stand up thing, and then it turned into its own. Like I really like this. Yeah. And who knows if you know auditions for acting roles become a part of a stand up comics career? So having that preemptive training that's probably what, a good idea. If you if you sit down with an agent and they're gonna go, what do you want to do? What's your dream? Yeah. And you're gonna Vines. go. Yeah. <laughs> Fire YouTube account. Uh, you're, they're gonna they're gonna ask you that, and then you you're gonna go. Uh, I want to be able to play the biggest arenas and just do stand up. I want to have my yeah. choice of theaters. Right? Is that mm-hmm. your dream? I assume it is. Yeah. That feels like it's kind of the purity of what you want to do. But then they're gonna go. Ah, no money in stand up. Don't you want to yeah. be an actor? Like they're gonna want to put you in the next yeah. buddy cop movie or whatever. Yeah. At, for because it's gonna make them more money. Me right? and Duke Taylor. Yes. Cops. Now you're talking. Adopted brothers. Uh huh. But brothers. Brothers. Yeah. Brothers. Mm-hmm. See, you had to do it again. Yeah. You just put the I'm A on the end. I'm bringing it back too. <laughs> uh, one of them's black. Let's just tag an A on. <laughs> Perfect. But I'm the brother. Okay. He's brother. Yeah. He's it's, brother. That's the irony. Brother of it. Taylor. And we're both mm-hmm. cops. But I. Yeah. Yeah. I was the drug dealer. Okay. Huh? Got it. He was already a cop. You're playing and my then emotions. He rescued me as his brother. As part uh, of okay, as an undercover thing. We're undercover mm-hmm. brothers. Yeah, go ahead. And Martin Lawrence. we, um, and then we have to go out of the country mm-hmm. for. Uh, you've, I, you've been taking improv classes too, haven't you? Yes. Oof, you're good. We're gonna go. We're two local cops going out of our jurisdiction to tackle drug muling in Colombia. I don't know that that's ever been. Then there was an anaconda. Line. Is <laughs> yes, because we're in oh South America. Oh, does and he make it onto a plane? He rescues. I hope so. Okay. Snakes on a plane six. Mm-hmm. This is going to be way down the road. Yeah, after yeah. I get four it. Or more between. Right. When you, when you have a tax bill to pay. Right. You start what doing if, bad What movies. if this becomes a movie? Like it one has. crazy person. We just named four movies. And like, why not recycle these ideas? Yeah. I love this. It should be. Snakes on a bus. Snakes on a buddy cop Low bus budget. train. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. Snakes on a bus that's on a train mm. that can fly. I didn't realize Detectives. we had <laughs> this much creativity in the studio. I know. It's, it's acting. paying off. I'm acting. Wow. Uh, Gardner, can you believe this? From... <laughs> you said, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can believe people can say stupid random shit jumbled yeah. together. Yes. That's how it works. They do it all the time. Yeah. Let's <laughs> do it every single day. So act, acting's paid off. Yeah, I wish, this, I wish this coffee was still filled. Oh, we don't have to stick around too much. Tommy longer. Moslander. Yeah. <laughs> Get the answer. Where's Tommy Moslander? Uh, he should be here to fill this. He should. I I've, agree. I'm like an older brother slash mom to that kid. Yeah. So people hit on you? People have been hitting on his mom, man. It's really? messed up. Yeah. I didn't know he had a mom. Yeah, he's got a mom. I've only his met his His behavior dad. would make you think he doesn't have a mom, right? I would think he had two moms. Okay. <laughs> The way he dresses? Yeah. yeah. Of course. They, but they they each, they laid out two different outfits and he got them mixed up. 
perfect. Just, let's rag on the capris and a hoodie. <laughs> Go do that? your open mics. Are you? Uh, is it? Is it a good feeling to know you're going to be uh, out of the uh, St. Louis scene? Or you think you're going to miss it? It's. It has to feel weird because it feels like uh, this has been like a big part of your life, and then for you yeah. to graduate essentially on in New York and onto that scene. Um, what are you going to miss the most? I mean, that has to feel weird for people that come back, okay. go, and then come back and, uh, you know what I mean. Okay. What yeah. I'm going to miss is the consistent club work and working the road in the Midwest because that's nice income and that's going to go away. Mm -hmm. But that's where savings comes in for the grind. And There's got to be a Northeast run of some sort, right? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm selling my car. Yeah. But anywho, uh, no, you can get a, you can take a train to the Helium up there, so I'm sure I could get a future week up there. Buffalo, yeah. yeah. So like, there's stuff will happen, but I mean, uh, I'm I'm gonna miss being having the new guys coming in and going, dude, can you watch my set? And it's like, oh, that feels good. That's not gonna happen in New York. They're gonna be like, get the fuck out of my way. You know? <laughs> right. I don't know what voice that was. That but, worked. Uh, fucking boo. Yeah, I bought it. Yeah. You, boop, are you acting boop, again? Boop, boop, boop. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, they just spit in my mouth. You know. <laughs> Get out of my fucking way, eh? Spit in my mouth. Yes. Call me a white supremacist. I'm like, you're white too. <laughs> what? You're from Saint, you're from the Midwest. Uh, I don't know. The I South. Know. They're going to think I'm you're acting. a confederate. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I'm going to wear a confederate flag shirt just to fuck with oh, people. Oh, good. Thank you, Nathan. That'll get me a lot of work. I think I'll push you no. even more on I, this one. No, I would never do that, obviously. Uh, no, I'm going to miss uh, just, you know, all my friends and the rapport I have with the clubs mm -hmm. starting over, but like, that's the thrill is starting over and being like getting, keeping my head down, doing four mics a day, keeping my mouth shut, yeah. just getting better. And then it's six months in expecting to be on a sitcom. Right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm, that's my, what I'm looking forward to. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, but then, but then there, there's the point where too, where you, you start uh, hitting the road all the time. So yeah. then you get to come back and develop those relationships even more on a different level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be confident and believe in yourself. Law of attraction, blah, blah, blah. That's what Denzel said in that it, clip. It's what he always says. Mm -hmm. I talk to him every night. I pray to Denzel. <laughs> you pray to Denzel. Dear Good. Lord Washington, <laughs> consistency and persistence. All right. Sorry, I got into the prayer. Say you're in New York. That you're grinding away. Uh, you like to spar a little bit online, as he does in the MMA gym also, people. Uh, at what point do you kind of abandon caring about, uh, I don't know, fighting with people online? or something? I, I joke I, with Travis about it, who I obviously do the show with. Yeah. He's up in New York right now. Yeah. Uh, he will let one person uh, saying something dumb or something, and he'll just he'll run with it. And mm -hmm. it's part of probably what makes him super creative and entertaining because he can take bits of something and run with it too but it can also be maddening i'm sure yeah. do you feel like dealing with people online is gonna continue with you i don't even think it's that big of a thing no. but i just i see a little bit of like i don't know nathan probably uh would rather avoid some of those than in like be engaged yeah like uh i made that status like like we're in quotes it was like beauty standards are too high and i put no your caloric intake is <laughs> and i think that's <laughs> it's just I th I see a comic it's, being funny, but again, it's, yeah, too, it's like, a joke, and yeah. it, it was like it was witty, and it also saying like all I'm saying there, I'm not fat shaming. I'm saying you're, I'm I'm saying simply, don't complain about societal standards. Better yourself. Sure, that's me. I, I was a nerd who got beat up and hated myself. I was fat when I was a kid. I mean, I've been through a lot, and I've I've worked hard to better myself, and I like 
I think it should be, you should get inspired by a quip like that, not offended. Mm -hmm. And then someone shared that and said I was fat shaming and then went on to promote their play about fat people, <laughs> which is hilarious. Uh, who but wants to see just a whole bunch of out of breath people on stage? <laughs> This scene it. is a buffet, but it's like, who the fucking just quit crying? Look, if you're making, I love that this is the the way you went too. Like, like oh, if, you're look, terrible. Look, if racism or, or bigot, real or homophobia or like uh, making fun of disabilities, all that, yeah, I get it. Unless it's super clever and you're on the right side of things, or you're completely tongue in cheek and it's satirical. If if you, dude, I can't put fat jokes on the same level as those things I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. I can't. I'll never be able to do it. Yeah, because besides the 1% with the thyroid problem or like the can't work out for whatever reason, like you have an option. And that's why I don't, I just can't ever when, when I get pushback on that and I'm not going out there saying bad things about people or judging, I'm just making little jokes that have to do with dieting and mm -hmm. sugar and, and like, you know, and if you're going to get offended, like put that internally and, and drive your, inspire yourself to better yourself. Don't, attack a comedian online and try to dox my page and make a collage of only mean stuff I've said. It's like, get a fucking life. At what point? Because and I doubt you're going to... Eat... <laughs> I don't know. You're an asshole. I'll, I'll never be able to... No, but what I'm about... I'm never going to go, you're right, I'm an asshole. Because well, you're no. going to keep that... And again, to every, you just prefaced all that by saying, hey, don't take it this route. Don't say terrible things, this, that, the other. At what point do you have to step back and go, people are, because you're going to push the envelope at least a little bit, right? Yeah. Or you're going to have fun with stuff like Comedians that. I could see, I understand why someone would get offended at that. You're allowed to be offended. That's fine. Yeah, get I don't, offended. I don't want to make a huge deal out of it because I thought, whatever. Point is, the at what point do you step back and go, I'm going to keep saying this stuff and eh, let people say what they're going to say? Or will you always be a little bit bothered by people misinterpreting uh, your words? I've come i've come a long way from getting really upset when someone takes a joke and gets thinks i'm a i'm a nazi right like calling someone a That's nazi not... for fat shaming by the way makes no sense <laughs> they were <laughs> just think about it do they have a weight problem in concentration camps oh, no there he is everybody uh, uh no i'm just saying so anyways, the irony, see, that just shows that even their insults that they use to uh, peg someone as this or that is, is, it makes no sense. Right. All the people who get offended are reacting with their emotions and that's not logical. Yeah. And they're going to say stupid shit and then I'll make fun of them more. But I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I used to get really upset at that. Now I barely do. But right. like, if it's completely like. If it's get, probably based on time too. If you I have a little extra time and you see it when like you can you can rabbit hole all on of, stuff. All of my like retorts to rebuttals to my silly jokes are mm -hmm. at work. Yeah. When I'm just at work and already in a bad mood. Right. Are you yeah. gonna are you ready to get out? So you're gonna do comedy full time in New York? Yeah. Um, Will you have to have like some kind of a part time job? Or I have I have savings to get me so I can focus on comedy. Then once I narrow down uh, which open mics are worth it and I know my schedule and I can cut out a time yeah. for a day job I'll be realistic uh, there but I have the savings to like be a year that's to great go a year I'm not gonna go a full year I'm not gonna wait till I'm broke to get a job right um, that's a, that's a really solid plan though yeah. yeah yeah it was a lot of it was a long time what's good is building up the savings um, 
allowed me that time to also work hard here to where I'm not moving before I'm ready. Yeah. So it kind of worked out. I mean, I wish it'd be nice if I was 26 and not 31, but whatever. Yeah. This, I don't know. I feel like you also get more of a fire at a certain age too. Cause you see yeah. some people, whether it's professionally or in comedy as I'm around comics more and more, you want to be like, that dude's 21 and can do that. That girl's 20 can do yeah. that. All that. And then you also like put yourself in their shoes takes a pretty exceptional 20 or 21 year old to work yeah. the amount it, and the ability like even go back to fighting like exactly. that maybe that's different because it is something that kind of i don't know it's very tough yeah the, to focus in and then once once maybe 30 hits or, yeah. or 29 hits you're like oh gotta start doing something yeah, yeah, yeah. right so i don't yeah, know it makes sense and like the example from earlier like Bo, like how many bo burnham's are there one yeah you know and like that's that just a huge example it's it takes a long time to get good at something and comedy is something you generally start in your early to mid 20s so it's not like i'm way off right but the making that new york move would have it would have been would have been awesome if you were 25 with 10 years of comedy under your belt yeah but that's not yeah exactly a thing so i try and i don't i used to let that bug me now i don't at all yeah right? i don't it's it's motivation to keep, stay healthy so but despite the gray hair coming in i people think i'm in my 20s i just got some gray hair and i noticed it because i needed a haircut and i haven't been i usually get my hair cut quicker but yeah i got some stuff going on man yeah i know yeah. that i have gray hair because everyone uh tells me mentions yeah it. <laughs> did you know you have gray hair no yeah. i haven't looked at a mirror in a year so thanks for fucking saying that <laughs> does it bother you i don't yeah. i can't tell if it bothers me or not yeah yeah it it doesn't bother okay I'm told that, like, I don't think it looks horrible, but I think, like, it could be a problem in being Acting in the entertainment. Yeah. But obviously, you dye your hair. that's the one, yeah, that's the least, that's the smallest problem to have is a little bit of gray. Right. Like, I think you'll be okay. It's not like I'm fat, you know? <laughs> Great note. Call back. Great note to end on. <laughs> Nathan, uh, best way for people to follow you online? Fuck. Oh, Nathan Orton Comedy on Instagram. Um, let's look at Twitter. You're going to build that up. You're going to get that Instagram. You're going to be a little Instagram thought when you move to New York. I'm just going to start modeling sexy pictures. Instagram model Ooh, in front of the statue. I have of no Liberty. ass. Look at my rib cage and mm. no butt. Mm -mm -mm. Um, yeah. So, uh, Nathan Orton comedy on Instagram. I remembered that one. Yeah. Uh, at Orton underscore Nathan on Twitter. Cause I'm an idiot mm. and I wanted it to be hard. That happens. Um, Nathan Orton on Facebook. Uh, I'm, I have a website that isn't running because I didn't edit it and work on it. And then yeah, my Wix so expired. I'm going to work with somebody to get that up and going before a uh, goal is to get that in a decent place before New York. So I look more professional. Sure. I just, I hate the, I hate the social media computer side. I want to get on stage. Yep. I hate that other side of it. And I got to quit being lazy with that. It never ends, man. Don't Even say, do it thanks. for a living. Yeah. Good. All right. Good for you. No, that Keep really got me great work, man. looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Thanks, excited dude. for you. I'm excited for all the work you put in. And uh, it's been a blast, buddy. You guys are awesome. Thanks for having me on. And thanks for all the shows that you've always put me on, continue to. You're welcome. Gardner. Thank you so much. What are we giggling about? What are we get? Oh, no. What? <laughs> he dropped Tommy up on the screen. Tommy. He <laughs> looks He looks like me if I, well, was in a concentration camp. Mm, there it is. Do we want to end on that one? <laughs> so many opportunities to end it. Great to have you, buddy. All right, thank you, man. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure, Chris. It's always fun.